Warning, it is the opinion of the Forestry Productions LLC and the Working Perspectives podcast that we should inform you that some of the language used in this recording could possibly be considered offensive. You have been warned, so if you decide to listen to the recording, then don't complain about the language. Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by J-Dub, Justin Richardson, and our guest today is Mr. Thickfit himself, Chad Kilhefner. Justin, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm hyped. Uh, you damn right you're hyped. All right, well, this is the Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can hang out with us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. And please, God, it's every day. It's nonstop. Can you please just either like or subscribe or both? Because literally, it's driving me insane how much my wife bitches at me for doing this show. All right, well, let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspective, exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode every Tuesday. Okay, Jalen Dub. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you about this guy. All right. So we brought this up on the show before this place, the Henzo Gracie PA Academy in Hatfield. You know it, you love it, right? Mm-hmm. So I fucking love this place. And there's a lot of things to love about this place. It's the culture, especially. It's a life changing experience going there. And if you commit to going there and being part of the culture, your life is going to change for the better, right? So one of the best things about the Hensley Gracie PA Academy in Hatfield is that the people you meet there, like if you, like, I wouldn't want to say survive, but if you commit to that place, the people that you meet that are committed to that place are great people, right? Like we've had a ton of them on the show, you know, Josh, you know what I mean? Don Lyons, right? We got a couple more, you know, we had Amber on the show, Right. We have a couple more lined up Padilla we had in the show, Aaron Rosenthal we had in the show. Right. And like they're all just, you know, great people. And it's like, you know, and it all starts from that place. So a couple of years ago. Right. And this oh, I've I've saw I've I've talked about this as well. I would freaking love absolutely love if they had a reality TV based TV show there and they just called it life life transformations. Right. Because I'll tell you what. If they had one of those, our guest today would be like the number one life transformed guy right now. Okay. So 
when I first met Chad coming into the gym, he was like, I wouldn't say he was like, he was a bit, he's a big guy. He's tall, right? Like he's a tall, he's got big bones, heavy hands. Right. And like, but he was like a tall, like bigger guy, but he, you know, he had like, he had some weight on him, but I wouldn't say he was fat. He was just like, you know, he was husky. Right. He comes in and he has two sons that come in as well. Right. And he right away just like falls in love. And you could see like, okay, this guy, this guy is in. Right. He was at every training session. He's jumping into every like different kind of discipline. He's like, you know, testing himself and like pushing himself. But he's also like, I remember when we would like drill together and stuff. He's like the best drilling partner. You know what I mean? Like super like helpful and like really good at like listening and talking through stuff and everything like that. And like super cooperative. Right. And then eventually I would see he got on his entrepreneur horse and we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but he started thick fit. Right. And thick fit, man, it seems to me, it's not just like, you know, something he's pursuing. It just seems like how he's changed his life. Right. And not even just him, like he'll put up like pictures and videos of him and his kids. Right. And his kids are like freaking little freaking jacked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's another one of these things. And we talked about it on an episode that we released recently with Mike Padilla. Right. And we've talked about this guy and he's like a legend on the show by now. Right. Because <laughs> I think this is like the fourth time I brought him up. But his is name is the dentist guy. It's Dental Bill. You got damn right. <laughs> I don't do jujitsu. I don't wrestle. I know who Dental Bill is, yo. I'd dude, love to Dental, Dental Bill, Bill is a legend, right? And I'm telling you, Chad's in like that same category. Where like if you he's not like a roided out freaking you know medium t-shirt fucking stunad you know creatine kind of gimmick, right? <laughs> he's just like a normal looking dude right super nice guy right and like if you saw him on the street you wouldn't like you know you wouldn't think twice right but if some like you know johnny muscle on top of muscle guy tried to mess with him oh he turn him put him in the ground and turn him inside out man and that's one of the great things about like the gym is that it you don't you don't know right? yeah, you, you don't better, know what you don't know what the other guy can do yeah. oh you better think twice bub you know what i mean so Dude, I'll tell you. And like, honestly, it is it's so great to see like the transformations like, you know, and when, you know, I, maybe we won't see the weight, but he's he's lost like 70 pounds, a little over 70 pounds. Right. Like that's in a life changing amount of weight. Yeah. Not only does it change like you physically, but like mentally and emotionally. And it's such like a spiritual awakening, but it's also like a total life commitment. You know what I mean? It just makes you, you know, work harder and stronger and things. And and like the message he supports and he puts out there, I think is great. So I'll tell you this, man. And I've said this before and I will say it again, is that, you know, I know this show is an award winning podcast, world renowned, but I know it's good by the caliber of people that listen to the show and tell me they like it. And I'll tell you, I was tickled pink. When Chad told me he was a fan of the show and he wanted to be on the show. And I'm telling you, I'm so happy he's here and I can't thank him enough for coming on. But before we get started, Chad, I just have to ask Cheetos, crunchy yeah. or puffed? Crunchy. Fuck crunchy yeah, Cheetos. Yeah, crunchy That's Cheetos really usually. Yeah. I mean, puffed, we can get in the mood for puffed. Don't get sure, me wrong, Matt. Sure. You know, puffed, puffed is a good mood, but if I have to choose, we're going to go with crunchy. All We're going to go with crunchy. All day. And 
And if the boys are involved, we're going to go with hot Cheetos, hot oh. crunchy style. You ever have the hot Cheetos? Oh, hell yeah. Dude, have you had the jalapeno ones yet? Yeah. Yeah, the jalapeno oh. I like better than the hot, actually. Agreed. Yeah. The jalapeno's got that nice flavor. Oh, man. They dude, do. When, when Very nice. <laughs> dude, when you're like, when you get like a bag, the Cheetos are deceiving because they come in the smaller bag, right? Yeah. So like, bro, oh, yeah. like you won't even know. Like you've polished off like almost the whole bag and it's like an yeah, hour yeah. later and you're like, oh, and your hands are just like, what the hell? I should have worn gloves. <laughs> Full of red dust. Oh, I, well, here's the, you ever have the, the mega container of the cheese balls with the screw oh, up top? Oh, yeah. That's the best thing in the world. Well, on, what, Man, on, forget we talked about, about that. It. What's the, uh, what's the brand, Justin? Did we Oops. talk about uh, uh, plant, uh, so planters make planters the, is high class. Makes right? a banger yeah, planters in, is in high a, class. That's, a, that's the what, monocle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're talking about yeah. like the the barrel with the screw top. Yes. It's like yeah. pl- clear plastic. Those are the most addicting things in the oh, world, bro. Yeah, and then they just start melting in your mouth. You know what yeah. I mean? So you just start popping them in, and then they just start melting. And then before you know it, you don't know how many of those things you ate. They're dangerous. Those cheese balls, dude. I'll tell you. Imagine this: I had a kid on the wrestling team, and I won't shout his name out, but I've talked about him on the show before is that he would eat like almost a whole container of cheese balls after weigh-ins on for wrestling, right? This Not is, one of those big mon- one of those big monsters. Oh, dude, he would just oh, house wow. like handfuls, right? And it, he <laughs> yep. wasn't dude, he wrestled like 130, you know, like 140, <laughs> like he was 140 pounds and he's just har 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 har, you know what I mean? But yep. like yeah, I mean also he was a teenager, you know, you could eat a freaking, yeah. you know, a whole cow yeah, at true. that point, you know what I mean? But, the, but yeah, those cheese balls are one of the few things where like you eat so much you don't feel good anymore, and then you're still like <laughs> you still like look at them. And you're like, all right, I'll have like four more. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's just a cheese ball, it's just air. Yeah, it's you're like, yeah, anyway, yeah, right? yeah. Like, I don't want this, but I'm gonna yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, and it'll be, it'll be it'll be a good salty kick. You know, just one one little cheese ball ain't gonna right. hurt anybody. Yeah, yeah, dude. No, you're dude. There is a point where you're like, oh my god, my stomach hurts. All right one more you know like yeah, i do a sour patch kids yo i'll be like yo uh, i don't feel good and i'll be your, like your mouth is like, like oh. sour yeah. patch kids the thing i do with sour patch kids though is i'll save the red ones because the reds are my favorite you know okay i'll save like i'll save i'll save the red ones and i'll take like a handful i mean you can't get a big handful but maybe you get like three or four right you know, and then you just pop those in you savor the reds boy uh, and you go well you go through that that sour period and then you get to the sweet red oh. goodness Mm, that's what it's about. You ever, oh that's hell yeah! Do you ever do the watermelon sour patch? Oh, oh yeah, they're good too, dude. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you, know what, you know what's the move? Is that oh. I know we're we're really off topic, but uh, but uh, Starburst jelly beans. Have you Ooh. ever? Oh, oh, yeah. that's a yeah, big dude. I'm a yeah, big, yeah. I'm with I you. The- I, I saved the pinks of the Starburst oh, jelly the beans. Best. The best. What were you saying, Justin? I, was, I remember like the the Easter because my dad was real religious when we were kids. I remember the Easter like Starburst jelly beans like came out. Oh, same. Yeah. same. Oh, you remember that? You remember that moment? The, it was, the moment the year 90, they came out. 96, 97. I, I, was, I, I was early. I was it, like, "What is this?" Yeah, I was. A, it was in the nineties. I think I was like a fr- eighth grade or like a freshman in high school, and I just remember being like, "What? These aren't normal." This is insanity. <laughs> what jelly is, beans you know? are trash. I eat Dude. no. Other, I respect no other jelly beans. Yeah. Oh, there's I, no comparison. I mean, they are the, the cut above. Yeah, they're, they're the, the jelly belly. Oh yeah. hell yeah, they're the Ferrari of jelly beans right now. Like, let's be honest. Once you have them, it's there's no going back. Right. It's tough. Like, it's tough. Yeah. You've been spoiled. 
Yeah. Big time. Big time. So nice. Well, excellent answer to that question. <laughs> how, dude, oh, how, yeah. you, how you been, brother? Excellent. Excellent. What, what, a, what an introduction. Dude, <laughs> thank you. And you're, listen, you're right about Henzo's. Uh, there's something about that place, the people yep. that stay there, the people yep. that, you know, are, are part of that tribe. And yeah. it's, you know, it is, it, it, it's, it's life-changing. And you talk okay. about dental bill, like he's <laughs> dental bill is one of my boys, oh, you know, fucking one like, love dental bill. Love him. I'm, t- I'm telling you, you know, we've, we've gotten to a point where we like look for each other. We, we like to train with each other. You know, we look at each other and we'll, our, our eyes will catch each other yeah. across the mat. And it's like, yeah. is it time? It's yeah. time. Yeah. And then we go and we have a good go at it and we have oh. a lot of fun. Always doing a lot of great stuff from dental bill. Oh, he's a dude. And he is, but like, don't get it twisted. I fucking love dental and me and dude, me and him, like, if you know him, he's a fucking funny guy right he's like, very funny dude yep. he's he's like he's a dentist and he's just like you know he's a norm but he's such a fucking goober you know what i mean he's a total <laughs> goob he's got those big like duck feet but like dude when he goes he he can fucking go right oh, let like, him put that baseball jet boat bat choke on you that oh, baseball bat thing you know oh yeah dude yeah he's, he's he's vicious yeah and dude <laughs> and, he can, and he can throw hands he dude he can do it and he's like dude he's one of those guys we're like, if you want to be an elite fighting machine, just go to every class because that's what yes. he does. He goes to that's every class and he, he's a he's a murderer, murderer. Yep. But he's like the kind of guy you'll see at the pool in the summer. He's probably got like suntan lotion all over his nose. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but he's the dude. I love him. I love him the best. We actually have a couple guy. Another. I would love to get Dental Bill on the show. Shout out Dental yeah. Bill, fan of the show, listener of the show. But uh, we got yeah. I, we had Aaron Rosenthal on the show recently. Yep. We had Mike Padilla on the show recently, and we have I've got Johnny Dorito on the show coming up in a couple weeks. Fucking Dorito, love Dorito. Man, yeah, all star lineup he got here. Oh yeah, dude, dude. We had Don Lyons on the show. We had Josh yep. on the show. You know what I mean? And like we had every yeah. Oh dude, I can't get enough people. I have another guy, a guy I know named. Uh, Sean O'Toole, he's another guy I used to train. But, yeah, and I'd love to get, like, young Ryan and all this stuff. But, yeah, man, so how you been, brother? How are things? Excellent. Very good, you know? Nice. Life, nice. life, life is good. You know, you, have, you take the opportunities where you see them and where you get them. Yeah. And you keep aiming up and going for it. And that's what we're doing, Matt. That's Beautiful. what we're doing. We're aiming up. Hey, so speaking of aiming up, this is what I wanted to kick off this show with, is I want to talk about Thick Fit. So, yeah. real quick. I'm going to give an explanation, but I'm going to let you take it from there. So Thick Fit right now, you're on social media platforms and it's you like you're really just spreading the word of like fitness and health and like the different things you can do and how like it's life changing and anyone can do it. Right. And you'll and you're helping any anyone that can. So tell me, like, what was the inspiration for Thick Fit and like when when did you start it and why did you start it? Go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. So. You know, Thick Fit USA, it, it, it came to me because I, I went through, you know, a big personal transformation, you know, yeah. and I, I, I literally went from the couch in back pain, you know, yeah. not able to do things like I wanted to do, not able to play with my kids like I wanted to, not able to be the family man like I wanted to, you know, just, yeah. just different things, just yeah. falling a little bit short until I made up my mind that, you know, I can actually kind of choose my pain, you yeah. know, and I can choose, you know, my mindset to get better. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I started with, 
just some walking, you know, with um, watching what I ate a little bit more, cutting out a lot of the sugars, a lot of yeah. the sweets, yeah. cutting out the sodas and things like that. And, you know, I did some intermittent fasting, experimented with things, and I lost about 20, 30 pounds on my own. Nice. And then I was looking, like, can I do something? Can I do something physical? Because yeah. for so many years, I felt that I couldn't, I didn't have it in me, you know, yeah. physically and, and mentally. I, I thought like that, I was past that. And yeah. I couldn't do that. And I wasn't able to, yeah. but, you know, I found, I did a lot of research is what, what's something I could do with my kids, you know, yeah. preferably too. like, yeah. is there something that we could do together? And I found uh, martial arts and I was looking at that and I looked at a, a bunch of different things and I was looking at, you know, classic, you know, karate, kempo, yeah. you know, taekwondo, different things like that. But I mm -hmm. always knew about jujitsu yeah. and I looked into that and, you know, we showed up at Henzo's, we watched, we did a class and then we stuck with that. And after yeah. I was at Henzo's and, and training jujitsu for about a year, my life had completely transformed, yeah. you know, and I thought, wow, there's something really special here and people can do it, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, so I thought how, how, what's the best way that I'd be able to get out there and not just share my personal story, not for my own benefit, but to just kind of show that like, Hey, I did it. You can do it too. Yeah. You know, if you're out there and you're thinking you're struggling and you're in pain or you're pre past your prime, so to speak, what I realized is I ain't even hit my prime yet. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm in my forties and that's a, that's an empowering feeling, you know? Yeah. So I start thick fit USA to say, Hey, for me, it's jujitsu. For me, it's about finding that it's inspiration. It's about, you know, a whole mind, body, spirit, you know, mm -hmm. uh, change and transformation yeah. in a positive way. And just physically, I'm better, you know, mentally, I'm better, um, you know, a better father, a better husband, I'm better at work, I'm better in all different types of things that I do, because I decided to do something different. Yeah. So thick big USA is like, um, let's get out there and tell that story, right. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, we're going to do different things. So like really what it is, is a community of positivity, right? Getting some like-minded people together to say, hey, we can, we're aiming up, right? I use that phrase, like we're aiming up, we're looking to get better. You know, how can we do this? You know, use the body, use the physical aspect of it as, as the foundation, because yeah. that's so important. And if you let the physical go, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of things crumble, you know, with that. And I found that out the hard way, but, yeah. but it's like, you can you can do that. You can be in control of that. And you're a lot tougher than you think. That's, yeah. that's another part uh, you know, of it too. So, yeah. you know, so thick fit USA, well, part of it is like, Hey, if you're thicker, you know, in stature, you know, like I was, if you, you know, like, like, and, and still am like that it's for you. It, it's also a community like, Hey, we roll thick. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. all of us are together and we do that fit. It's like you're, you know, you're fit mind, mentally, spiritually, you know, physically, like all those three things are important, Big you know, time. for a complete person and a complete life. And USA, it's like best country in the world, best country in the world. We're in best this together. In and frankly, world. frankly, Matt, it's like over the past couple of years, you know, with COVID and all the political division and this yeah. and that and people arguing, it's like, if anything, we need to come together, right? Amen. We need to find that unity. You know, yeah. and the unity is right here, right? Yeah. The unity is right here in your heart. So Amen. I don't mean to get preachy with that, with this, you know, it's but it we is don't like agree an, with brother. Yeah. It's like an inspirational thing for me. So we're going to go out there and we're going to, I'm putting myself out there. You yeah. know, I'm trying to share what worked for me and, you know, hopefully there's others that can find some inspiration and some meaning and go get it for themselves. You know, Dude, that, honestly, man, that's a beautiful message. And I love to see your passion and your drive. And I'll tell you what, for everyone listening, when you put yourself like there, the critics are endless, right? 
but I remind myself that the critics are too scared to put themselves out there themselves, like put themselves out there. Right. It is tough. It is so tough. Right. Like, dude, like I, were you active on social media before thick fit? Not much. I mean, yeah. I would post little once in a while, you know, dude. like on, uh, yeah facebook you know or instagram once in a while but not really same that i did like was next to nothing and like now you're starting this and like like you know you have to undertake this thing and it does like you do get self-doubt sometimes and it does fill you with like what am i doing at times but you do when you stay focused and stay on the course it's really like you have to dedicate to the mission and pledge allegiance to the grind and honestly, man, you're changing your life and you're changing other people's lives. And I love seeing what you're doing, bro. And like, I'll tell you this, thick is the new fucking in, right? Like it is, man. thick is it, right? You want to yeah. be thick, babe. Tell you, you what. You want to be thick. You, you want to be it. thick. You, 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 you got arms, chest, you know, neck, you, you, hips, thighs, whatever you want. Thick is you. in. Thick is in, brother. Thick is in. Thanks to Brendan Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, That's but, right. Yeah, but dude, no, for sure, man. So like you said, Thick Fit USA, we're going to have links to everything in the description of this episode. I highly, highly, you know, highly endorse this and totally want everyone to check it out. It's a great follow. I'll tell you that right now. Great follow. Always post good stuff. Always has great content. You know what I mean? And I just love seeing it. So let's get into this, right? So we yep. talked about, you know, like your, you know, where you're at now with the gym and spiritually and everything like that, but it wasn't yep. always that way, right? Yeah. You started, you know, you started out like most people, right? You were born in Lansdale at what used to be known as North Penn Hospital. Now I think it's Lansdale Abington, whatever the hell it's called. It was yeah. actually right down the street from the house I grew up in. And then yeah. you would grow up in Quakertown, PA, right? And you would do yep. the public school system out there, K through 12, right? And like, you know, right. you would go to college and everything like that. But I want to talk about this. So you're in school, you're a kid, and like you have like, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, I want to be this when I grow up and I want to be this, right? But yep. at the time, you wanted two things. You wanted to be yep. either the heavyweight champion of the world or you a rock it. star or both. Yep. Right? Yeah, both, both preferably. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. about it? So, both. what was going down back then? What what made you want to pick those two things? Well, I mean, you know, I I always had uh, dreams, right, <laughs> and aspirations. Sure. I would say that, like, for I don't know, I had fun. Like, I had I had fun as a kid. You know, I, I I had like really good friends that I yeah. still have to this day that I knew from the time I was a, a little boy. You know. Yeah. And those relationships remain like really strong. Nice. And, you know, in those formative years, like growing up, I, uh, I was into music. Like I played sports growing up and things too, but I'm, I'm also a drummer. I started, I was playing drums since I was like 10 years old. Oh, nice. So, you know, I really, I, I, I drew to that too. And I liked it and I was decent at it and it came to me, you know, and I liked to practice it too. That was another thing, you know, it didn't yeah. get old to me. I, yeah. I could just get into it. Nice. So like I had rock, bands and stuff i was you know we played pearl we played in my ninth grade talent show we played uh pearl jam black 
right? Oh. So that, that, that's when I was in school. I, that, that's when when uh, Pearl Jam was just coming out. I was into all kind of you know classic rock, all kind of music, you know. But we right. played all types of things. But you know, I was I did that. I was in the the high school drum line. I did jazz band. I did indoor. So like I I always love music. So like rock star, and I I like to have fun. You know, I have friends. Like that was like a big thing. You know, yeah. who doesn't want to be a rock star, right? Sure. And in sure. some portion of their life, so. I like that. Um, and then I also wanted to box, like since the time I was about, you know, four, 13, 14 years old, it wasn't can I, until can 18, I ask, uh, yeah. did, did Rocky have a lot to do with that? Oh, of course. You know, of Rocky, uh, Mike growing up in the Mike Tyson era, of you know, course. like in the eighties there, yeah. just the, the electricity and the excitement of those fights yeah. was unbelievable. And as yeah. a kid, you know, I remember watching the pay-per-views and stuff with my dad and, you know, it would be over by the time you went out to get a drink and come back sometimes <laughs> right? In, inside of one yeah. round. Yeah. But just the whole electricity around that was so special. And that's when the, the heavyweight champion of the world, I, I think it still does. But especially then growing up, it was like, that was it. That was a huge deal, right? Yeah. Like the heavyweight champion of the world was almost like king of the world. Like not yeah. quite, but you know what I mean? Like they had a it's, lot of clouds. Clout. It's like one of the biggest draws in the world to be the heavyweight one, champ. Yeah. One of the biggest draws in the world, you know, and to me, like boxing at that point, it was also the ultimate contest, right? It was the ultimate physical contest. It was the most highly trained, you know, best. I don't know if it's best overall athletes, but people they're that have there. worked the hardest. I mean, they're up there, right? Yeah. And the, the amount of work that it takes to be able to step in that ring, you know, for a heavyweight championship fight is unbelievable, right? Like yeah. very, very few people you know, can experience or, or truly, truly understand what it takes to get in there, you know, and, and, and and have that moment. There's no other sport like boxing. No, no, no. You know, it's really something. And and I was always drawn to it, you know, so I, I always was drawn to fighters too, you know, and I would follow them and, you know, Muhammad Ali is like one of my biggest heroes, you know, and I had the, uh, I was very fortunate to be able to train with Larry Holmes in the late, you know, mid to late nineties and into the early two thousands, you know, in his gym. So like, you know, seeing these people, these, you know, and, and, and how they train and what they work for and the level of emotion and what they put on the line each and every time they stepped in that ring, that was like incredibly moving to me. And it's like, man, if there's like a pinnacle of, putting it all out there and going for it and, you know, and, and, and being what you can be, it's like heavyweight champion of the world. That ain't a bad goal to have. Amen. So that was, yeah. So that was something that, well, I, that I was just drawn to every, ever since the time I was a kid, but it took me a bunch of years to convince my mom that I wouldn't get. (laughs) Well, dude, I'll tell you this too. Like, like you're saying, and I think boxing, especially in the, like the, you know, during the Klitschko era, the heavyweight division of boxing was what it was. It was, they broke, they they consecutively broke the record for the amount of jabs in a heavyweight fight, right? Like It came about height. But it's also, it's just like, they, like, you know, don't get me wrong. The Klitschko's had power and things like that. They were victims of their own dominance, right? Like, it's just like, there really wasn't any, no one to contest them, right? And like, they would beat everybody and they would, they would knock them out, but they weren't like, you know. But it was the beginning of the six foot five and up heavyweight champion of the world like before that it was big guys who were six foot who couldn't make weight who could (laughs) fight 15 rounds and then it became then uh well the first was the dude who beat uh tyson um oh british British guy oh lennox lewis 
Lennox Lewis, yeah. Lennox he, Lewis, yeah. He had the height, and then the Klitschko's, and then yeah. from there it was just about who – because now, like, it, I'm not taking anything away from Tyson Fury. I love the man, but, you know, you got to be six foot seven to fight him. Yeah. yeah, and Tyson Fury's hard too. I mean, he oh. he he moves. He got that elusiveness, yeah. right? Tough he, as a he, coffin he that nail, that guy. There's not a six foot heavyweight champ taking down Tyson. Well, Fury. so how crazy is this? Is that Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, argue, arguably two of the best of all time? Don't they fought at 212 pounds. Yeah, right. Like you know, but back then the average human was weighing what a buck fifty. Now the average yeah, human is weighing two hundred. Right. Like, it's just, it is what it is. It's, I mean, the evolution of the species and everything like that. That's but, right. But, yeah. dude, I'll tell you, here's something, and I want to shout him out because he's a fan of the show, listener of the show, and I'm a big fan of him. There's a boxer. His name's Steve USS Cunningham. He's a boxer okay. out of Philadelphia. He's one of the top five cruiserweights of all time, right? Incredible cruiserweight. And he fought, he fought Tyson Fury. It's a controversial, it's a controversial knockout what happened. Right. Because if you watch it and it was kind of earlier in Fury's career before he had his transformation and he's not the, you know, back when he was still the gypsy, you know, he's just fucking gypsying it up all the time, but (laughs) he knocks it. He knocks him out with a forearm shiver. Right. And the reason he was fighting like that is because he was scared. And he says this to this day that the hardest he was ever been hit was by Steve Cunningham. Steve Cunningham. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it do it goes to show you Steve Cunningham, right? He would he could make cruiserweight, right? And then he would go up to heavyweight and he would do well, right? And he was always game and he was a top level guy and he's a great, great fighter, right? World great, world renowned, World's great, match. great yep. fighter. And but he but he was also he's like six four, right? He's two twenty, chiseled, fuck, cut out of stone. Right. If he's back then, he's fighting the Ernie Lads and he's fighting the Spinks and the Larry Holmes. Like you may yeah, not Holmes, he's but, he's, but he's still like he's their size and he's competitive. And to say like he's six three, two something, and he's too wow. small for the heavyweight division just shows you where it's at. Right. And yeah, like if you look at guys, look, like look at guys like Joshua and look at guys like you know fucking the Gypsy King Fury and looks at uh, Wilder. Wilder Right, yep. but then it's crazy when you see like a guy like Andy Ruiz fucking going yeah. there and about it. And who's That's the guy right. that, that there's someone that just beat Joshua too? I forget his name. But. Um, yeah, I forget the guy's name. Too. Yeah, the yeah, Polish yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another yeah, thing yeah. too. Like uh, boxing's been dominated by Eastern Europeans for and Russians for fucking forever. You know what I mean? So if you don't have a superstar American, well, I guess you know Floyd was a superstar American, but like. Other, you know, and they had like other guys, Bernard and Oscar, and like all that era, and Gotti and Ward, and they had that yep. era. But like, that's that's the, I mean, honestly, Gotti hasn't guy. fought since the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, dude. I think I mean, he retired in years. 07. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. No, you're right. But like, they do have American guys that they try to push and come up. But like, as far as American heavyweights go, I guess Wilder is up there, right? But we found out, you know, it is what it is. But the number one fighter, pound for pound, I mean, like the number one guy, maybe he's not pound for pound, but the number one guy in the world right now is Canelo. And there's no Canelo. Yeah. Yeah. Canelo's tough. But dude, like, but what you're saying, boxing's big now and like it's and it's crazy. But you have to think like when you're talking about when you started training, Roy Jones, Oscar De La Hoya, Bernard Hopkins, Lennox Lewis, Riddick Bowe, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, right? Like, dude, remember Andrew Galata? 
Andrew yep. Gulotta's selling a million fucking papes. Come on, you know. Andrew like, Gulotta was tough. You know, he, oh. he, he, and, and him and the Riddick Bow. He was so scared of Riddick Bow. Uh, he, he had to hit him. He had to hit him low twice. Yeah. Right. And, and, and twice he, was, he had to do that. He got disqualified for it, right? He got disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. Those were tough. He was a tough guy, though, you know, yeah. and he could hit. And that, that, that was a great era. You know, the other thing that I noticed, too, back in like the 80s and 90s and like in early 2000s, most of the champions, too, were American champions. Yeah. You know, you think about it. I mean, even Dominated. think about the. Yeah. Like Leonard Hag, Leonard Hagler Hearns. Right. And Duran. Yeah, all through okay. the 80s. Oh yeah, it was it was really even the early you nine, know? dude. Like you have to the think, contenders. I, oh, dude, you're you're absolutely right. And like think about it now, the last the last American to win an Olympic gold medal. Do you know who it was? Andre Ward in Athens. Really? Yes. The uh, last American to win an Olympic gold medal wow. in boxing was Andre yeah. Ward in Athens. Andre Ward, huh? And dude, he's one of the best ever. But like, yeah, I would love great, to see yeah. Andre Ward versus Canelo. But uh, but yeah. yeah. So okay, but let's keep it moving. Sorry, we went out, dude. We could talk. I could talk boxing on this show all <laughs> yeah. fucking day. I that would be a good one. That would be a special episode. I would love that, dude. Because I I kind of considered myself a historian at times, like not super deep, but like you know when I was in it and training, like you know what I mean. Like I was kind of scoping the landscape. And doing I was that. super into it up to like when Jermaine. Remember Jermaine Taylor? Like Jermaine was bad fighting, intentions. Taylor, bad right about intentions. there, like right when he felt kind of fell off. Like I kind of fell off too. Like I was getting all the pay per views and stuff, and then I kind of just bro, I bro, faded that out. But fucking like, guy. Uh, Javante Davis, <laughs> I watched his. Oh, fight, Tank! I was like, Ooh, I Dude, like you know this who kid. Terrence Crawford is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Terrence Crawford's fucking incredible. Terrence yeah, Crawford, Earl Spence. Yeah. But uh, yep. no, boxing's still great, dude. I'll tell you what. There was this thing, and a Taylor kind of fell victim to this. Is that Showtime did this thing? Yep. They called it the Super Six Tournament, right? Where they took the six best super middle super middleweights in the world, yep. right? And, dude, this was like – it was Miguel Kessler, Arthur Abraham, Andre Durrell, Carl Frotch, uh, Andre Ward, right? And there's one other guy. I'm, oh, and Jermaine Taylor, right? And, like, dude, everyone's like, – like, like, everyone's – like, Arthur Abraham was ranked number one. Andre Ward was ranked last, right? Andre Ward would, would end up winning the tournament. But they had, like, all these guys would fight each other and the winners would go on. Dude, like Jermaine Taylor had a couple knockouts in that tournament that were so like like the one I think it was Frotch where it was like and I think you wouldn't have been up you wouldn't have won because it was in Nottingham and that's Frotch's hometown but there was he got knocked out right and if you look it up bro he like he fishes out and his arms are straight like this dude oh, man. oh it's scary it's scary to it. watch and remember yeah. dude remember the best middleweight back in the day fucking Kelly Pavlik. The fucking ghost. Kelly Pavlik. Kelly fucking Pavlik. <laughs> dude, oh, I really loved him. Roy killed him. Oh, dude. Uh, uh, the, no, it was Bernard. It was Bernard. Bernard. It was Bernard who killed him? Well, so it was like this, right? Kelly Pavlik was on such a fucking heater, right? He was. Like, dude, he knocked out Jermaine Taylor. That was like the biggest upset when he knocked out Taylor, right? Like, who's yeah, this goofy was... looking fucking white boy from Youngstown? <laughs> With right? the back tattoo? Oh, dude, he and he was like a dirt stash, right? But like yeah. the way he threw, the way he threw his two is that he had like these long arms, and he would do this at the end. He would whip it, right? So he'd come he in, whip it, yeah. 
whipping yep. in, wow. right? Yep. So when he landed that motherfucker, and he could do it with all his punches, uppercut, the straight two, all of them. He had a good jab. His defense was nice, and he could actually box. But when he landed that fucking thing, went at like on the whip. Whew, yep. Forget it. He was they putting put guys out. out. So, yeah. dude, he had beat he beat Taylor. He had a bunch of good knockouts. He was the number one. Like, dude, he was a ring magazine champ. Like, he was on top of the world. He was one of the biggest draws there was. And then he signed. He went up to fight Hopkins at once. So middleweight's 160. So they went up to 168 to fight him at super middleweight. And yep. Hopkins just fucking, dude, he just taught him a fucking lesson in boxing. Hopkins was just. And, like, dude, Pavlik was good. And Hopkins even said, if it's at 160, Pavlik wins. But 168, he was, Pavlik was just slower. He didn't have the move. He didn't have the speed. He yeah. still had some power. But he's just, like, Bernard was just too slick. And then Bernard, fucking forget it. All right. D- no more boxing talk. Okay. So <laughs> let's keep it going. So you did soccer. You didn't really like it, right? Yeah. You did a I was little, not good at it. Yeah, you did a little baseball. Baseball was a little too boring, right? But then you played some football, too. And I will say this. I love, like, don't get me wrong. I love boxing and everything like that and whatever and wrestling and whatever. But football is the fucking best, bro. Football is the fucking best. I fucking love playing football. Did you, Chad, love it? Yeah, football is fun. So I played in middle school, right? So I played in in seventh grade, and I was one of a couple seventh graders that got to play. Nice. You know, and I played, I think, center in seventh grade so i played center right yeah and then i played in eighth grade i was uh, captain of the team with two other guys and i nice. played uh guard i played they shifted me over to guard on offense and then i played cornerback on defense right i'm <laughs> 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 so, cornerback yeah. i don't know i have no idea i have no have, idea well like how tall are you what are you six three I'm six three. Yeah, I'm six yeah. three now. I mean, in 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 uh, like when I was a kid like that, I was pro- in eighth grade. I was probably like five six, you know, five seven, you know, yeah. something like that. Maybe about yeah. 160 pounds, right? Yeah. So I wasn't a small kid, you know, yeah. but I wasn't huge, you know. Yeah. And then w- when I was a freshman, I was like, uh, I was five ten, I think, and like 175 pounds when I was yeah. in ninth grade. Yeah. And then from the time I was in ninth grade till my senior year, I grew half a foot and gained 100 pounds. Oh my gosh! So you became like <laughs> yeah. a freaking hoss, dude. You poor, yeah, your poor parents. Growing. You must have eaten them. Yeah, must have eaten them out of house and home. My God! Oh, and I'd have friends over. We make sandwiches out of big loaves of that big uh, crusty Italian bread. Uh, Go to a couple pounds of lunch meat and cheese. You know uh, what I'm saying, Matt? Dude, <laughs> loved so it. I, oh, dude, I miss those days so much. Dude, we we had a, a deli in my neighborhood where I grew up in the Fourth Street neighborhood of Lansdale, Land of the Free, Home of the Brave. And there was a deli there called Giuliano's Deli. And yeah. it what well, they made a real Italian that would knock your freaking socks off, man. It yeah, was the other good. Oh, the best, dude. The best. It recently got sold. It was heartbreaking, but it is what it is. Times people move on. Yeah. But it was like a legit neighborhood corner store, like at, at, at a house turned into a store, deli. But yep. so either way, let's keep it moving. So you went to school, you did Quaker Town K through 12, yep. right? How did you like it there? I know like now Quakertown is like a budding metropolis that's growing every day. But back then wasn't the case, was it? No, and no, I wasn't a budding uh, metropolis. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, it was good. Like I, I, you know, I had I had a good uh, group of friends. Nice. You know, we'd uh, we'd uh, I, and I was really close with them. And my friends and 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 family like were really uh, formative. You know, for yeah. me, right? So 
I, uh, you know, listen, I wasn't, I wasn't always the best student, you know, in school. I had, you know, other priorities. I like to have fun. I like sure. to raise a little bit of hell, but not too much, you know, sometimes. You're a rock and, star. Come on. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a budding rock star and, and future heavyweight champ. You know, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. right. You got to raise some hell. You're going to go out there and mix it up once in a while. Nice. Um, but, but it was, it was, it, it was good. I had a good, you know, uh, um, you know, a, a, a good like a childhood. Nucleus. Yeah. Yeah. A good nucleus, a good group, a group of friends, you know, a good core that I'm still, nice. you know, close with to this day. So that that's important, you know, and yeah. I think Agreed. that's another thing, you know, the more that time goes by, you know, the more, uh, the older I get, the more important, you know, you realize how, um, how important those relationships and those little things are, right. Oh. The little things matter a lot, right. They're everything. They're absolutely and, everything. And, and those connections and those, you know, relationships when you are able to, you know, develop a, a, a long-term, you know, relationship with somebody that really wants the best for you, you know, yeah. and like looks out for you, yeah. boy, that's like, there's nothing better than that. Right. It's, so it's you hold that close if you can. Yeah, it is a gift, it's right? It's an so, absolute gift. But... So I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate in that, in that regard, you know, that I was able to keep a lot yeah. of those friendships, you know, maintained and yeah. Um, and, and I still get to go to the Q Mart once in a while. Ah, <laughs> I can't talk about Quaker Dude. Town. I'll bring up the Q Mart. There's two mall. things. Yeah, there's two things about Quaker Town. So um, my brother, we're driving through Quaker Town like, I don't know, a month ago. And this flashback hits me as we're driving uh -huh. down through nine and we passed this building. Were you ever in Montana West? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in Montana West. I, yeah. So, yeah. This, is, this only happened to me oh, like less than a month ago. We're driving down through a nine. This, it's no longer Montana West, but I'm staring at this building as we're passing it, and it all hits me. Like I had totally <laughs> forgot it existed. I totally <laughs> forgot I had been there. You blocked and it, it out. all came rushing back. I was like, oh my God, I used to get blacked out in Quaker Town. Oh, oh. Jesus. Montana <laughs> West used Dude, to exist. Mon Montana West yeah, used to have they had they used to have an underage night where like yes, if you were you could be yeah. like 18 and go there yep. Yep. yeah it was yeah it's montana west babe what happens in montana west oh yeah dude but like the and the, the q mart also as a child would sell you zippos at any age a oh. at any oh, age yeah. throwing stars at 12 like here I'm that, dude, that might be the best thing about the q mart is yeah. like the ninja shop no there. Like from hey, the time i, I was a kid I would get like the throwing blades. I would get, oh. I, I got these throwing knives and I, I still remember the tree that I stood in front of for hours, you know, <laughs> yeah. throw oh. after throw after throw. I got it. I got it. But that throwing stores, they had the blow guns. I wanted oh. to throw it. There was a movie, what the, uh, some, some ninja movie from the eighties, right? Yeah. Revenge of the ninja, something like that. That yeah. might be it. But I remember he had like a grappling hook, you know, like it was a rope oh, that tied yeah. this met this steel hook with like yep. four, th yep. three or four prongs coming off of it. Yeah. And I wanted to get that sucker. And I said, Dad, I need a grappling hook. He's like, You're not getting a grappling hook. <laughs> it's like, Why do you need a grappling hook? I'm like, I don't, I, I want to climb, I want to throw it in the tree and climb the tree. You saw how that ninja does it. He goes, Listen, he goes, Chad, you're going to throw that in that tree one time one yeah. time and then yeah. i'm gonna have to go up there and get that and that's gonna be the end of the grappling hook so that fell short but i but i got the throwing blade so that's a that's a plus remember the uh remember the race track they would have if anybody's ever been in oh the yeah Q remember the, the i one time got really high before going to the q mart and i got trapped in the racetrack like i oh, was yeah. just 
I was just I locked in. I was like, days. the red yeah. car is fucking yeah. winning this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dude, you I do. like loved it. I was like, they're like, you want to try? I was like, no, no, you gentlemen. <laughs> you don't even want to try. You're just, you're just watching the red car. Dude, the electric car <laughs> thing changed the Dude, game. It like oh, yeah. hypnotized me. I would, I would take my kids there, you know, when they were younger and we'd go and we'd get cars and, you know, you, you'd go and it would be fun for a, a little while and they'd go a little bit too fast, you know, and yeah. the car would skip off the track and then I'd have to be there to monitor it and then go reset it. Sure. Well, that lasted about three times, you know, and then after <laughs> like time three, I would say, hey, you want to go to the, the humor to, to race cars? And my boys would look at me like this. <laughs> nah, yeah. not, not today dad i'm like ah, oh, all right so we're gonna have to find the next adventure then yeah but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like dad it's 2015 like come on yeah they're like listen, <laughs> like, listen I, go. I got that times 10 up in my room here you know yeah. with my games right? <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's the same yeah. one you played with as a kid dad come on it's the yeah. same one right yeah. exactly dad it is dude. the same one <laughs> i had uh, that's it's wild oh yeah dude back then uh or back in the day do you guys remember stackers the the pill the weight loss pill they yeah. had these, oh yeah stacker twos like the, the little, like, yellow ones yeah, yeah 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 so they sold stacker twos and they were they had fedra in them right which yeah. is illegal but they it wasn't legal back then and like my buddy would go to q mart and like at, at some places you had to be like eight like you get them at the gas station but some places you had to be like 18 but q mart it didn't matter and like yeah, during wrestling season we went through like 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 maybe like i don't know 30 bottles that were like you know like they had like however 90 in a <laughs> bottle or whatever it is dude yep. we like and like it wasn't just me it was me and the whole team were cutting <laughs> weight you know that's right there's a bunch of 15 year olds jacked up on oh dude we were, all up on stacker twos. Oh, <laughs> we were all whacked up on stacker twos having like massive mood swings you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> like not eating oh dude my mom was you like feel that nervous energy buzz from that stuff right oh dude uh, oh the anxiety was through yeah. and the dude and the come down off of that don't yeah, don't want any right. part of it but no, yeah uh, Dude, the Q Mart's a, a strange place. Uh, real quick though, I want to. I'm gonna cut this. Do you know the Calabrias at all? What part of Cricketon? Yeah. Oh, you do. Vin, you... I know Vinny Vince Calabria. You Vinny know Vinny? Calabria. Vinny's yeah. my cousin. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, so he, he's my cousin so he's a Vinny. Couple, get the heck out of here. So yeah. he's a couple years older than me, but I know Vinny. Like you I don't know, know if you'd, huh? Him and Zach Diamond and a couple other guys. Um, there, there were, uh, yeah, like they were, uh, when did he graduate? 94? Maybe. 93? 90, 93 or 94, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I graduated in 96, so I was in school with him, but I think maybe only for like, he was a couple years older than me, but yeah, that's your cousin. Yeah. Did you know his sister, his sister Lolita at all? She was a couple no, years huh? Yeah, either way. But yeah, it's nice, man. All right. You're the yep. we've had a couple Quaker Town people on the show, and I always ask, and you're the first one that knows them. So nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So when I share this on when he sees this on because he's a fan of the show, listener of the show, when he sees this on uh Facebook, he'll fucking he'll get tickled pink and then he'll want to you know, be yeah. you know, he'll want to be one of the millions and millions that wants to be on the show. So that's exactly right. That's it, brother. So okay, so let's keep it moving. So, like we said, you did some baseball, didn't like yeah. it, soccer, uh, football, loved it, you did well, and then always had boxing on the mind, always wanted to be a rock star, but also you were in, you, so there was a year that you had to take off from sports, right? Yeah. And then yeah. in that year, 
you're like, okay, I'll take off some sports, but I still got to do something. Right? right. So what, what happened then? Yeah. So I had this thing in my knees that, that required me to, well, the doctor suggested I lay off sports for like a year or I could have like a, a cast on my legs from my ankle to my hip, you know, oh. on both. So I just said, well, yeah. we'll just, we'll just lay off sports for a yeah. year. Yeah. And that you was have, fine. Uh, then I, Oscar uh, Slaughter? Yeah, Oscar. exactly. Yeah, you're familiar had? with it. That's so exactly I had a real had. mild, I'm only six foot one, but like if you're yeah. tall, you've had it. So you get these little bubbles in your knees and they right. fucking yes. hurt, yo. Man. So my high school football or my like middle school football coach, like wouldn't under, he'd look at me like I was a 40 year old man. I'd be like, dog, my <laughs> knees hurt. So he's like, you're young, get out there. And I'm like, you don't understand, you know, like I went from five foot six to five foot nine this month. Like my fucking <laughs> yeah. legs hurt. Yeah. I'm telling you, same thing. Right? Same thing. It was, and it's tender. It was so tender. I remember just like walk, oh. like running, it would kill. So like I didn't have just, it that it bad. Sh- they didn't offer me casts or anything, but they would give yeah. me these fucking knee braces and they uh. give me this fucking cream to put yeah. on your legs to help yeah. them fucking. Yes. Like, and my mom's just like, your legs hurt. You're getting tall. I'm like, oh my God, woman. <laughs> Get my laundry. I'm like, I can't walk up the stairs. I'm only 16. That's right. I'm only 16. I can't walk up the stairs. Two knots uh, is right. Dude, I'll tell you. year old man. Leave me alone. Yeah. That's right. Let that sucker rest, right? Uh, Let that rest. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, same thing. I, but I, I did. I had that big growth spurt, you know, and then I, I laid off the sports for a year. Yeah. And this is like going into ninth grade. So yeah. I was always a drummer and I just stuck with drums, you know. So then I was. So then I, I was in band, you know, for the whole, for 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. And I was cheering on the football players, you know, play, beating behind, beating my drum with the other bandos back there. And it was yeah. a great experience, you know? Dude, that's one thing I wish, like, I'm so, like, I'm so, fuck, I'm so tone deaf, right? And I hate it. I wish, like, I've tried to play instruments and I've tried to, like, you know, listen to a song and I just, I can't get it. You know what I mean? It's just a thing. Yeah. Tone yeah. deaf as hell. But, like, I really wish that maybe when I was younger and, like, I wish it now. Back then, didn't want anything to do with it. But I that I could have played an instrument, like piano. I would have loved to be able to play piano or something. But, you know, or harmonica. Love to be able to do a yeah, little harmonica. harmonica. Oh, but, Get a little blues action going. You know what they say, man? Never what? too late. Never. You know, they say it's never too late. Might be it might be whole, hard to teach an old dog new tricks, but it's never too late. That's hey, you're not wrong there. You're not wrong. But you know, it's uh whenever my daughter's asleep, it's quiet time. So I'm not taking yeah. any instruments. But, <laughs> True. but uh so okay. So when did you start playing the drums? So I was 10. I guess I was in fourth or fifth grade. Fifth okay. grade, I think, when I really got serious about it. So, you know, I oh, started man. playing when I was 10. Yeah. And then all, all, all through then. And, you know, I was, uh, I, I play, I like jazz. I like music. Music's just a big part of my life. Like there's something sure. that, you know, speaks to me with it. So, you know, I always kept into it. And that, that part, like I took piano lessons when I was a kid, like my mom wanted me to, she made me take piano when I was like, great parenting. Yeah. Eight years old. It was good, you know, but I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't like practicing. That was yeah. the thing. You know, I didn't Dude. like practicing the piano. It didn't come to me as naturally, yeah. but when I was introduced to drums, you know, I started that, that just came more naturally and I was more interested in it, you know, so I would practice more and I was kind of into it and I it picked it up like later. banging shit. Yeah. Right? Banging on stuff. Yeah. Crash, crash, bang. Right. Yeah. There's something about that rhythm that I like too, you know? So 
I just oh. kept going with that. And I was in like, you know, the jazz band and, you know, the indoor drum line, you know, and the your, outdoor uh, marching band. And Did your parents you know, accept the drumming? Oh, okay. great question. Yeah. Okay. yeah well, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, so, one of, I'm one of five boys. The youngest is a redheaded child, uh-huh. younger than all of us. The instrument he chooses? Drums. Of course. Yeah. In the basement, throughout the whole house, all four of us. He just yep. walks upstairs and we're all just staring at him like, do you want to get beat up or pick a different instrument? Yeah, it's a tough one. That's a tough other, one, especially the other, for the youngest. The other question I have for you while I'm on public, Quakertown, John Papa. Have you ever ran into John Papa in Quakertown? I, I, I have not. Blues Friends Traveler? of mine have. Yeah, Blues Traveler. Yeah, yeah, I have not. He used to hang out at this place called the Raven's Nest. It's like a, yeah. a bar in, in Haycock Township by us, like in the woods. And they would have like an open mic night and stuff or an open yeah. jam session and guys would just to- come. What, I used what? to deliver. What? What? You, Wait. you didn't know John Papa from Blues Traveler was always like up in Quakertown area? Yeah, John. Yeah, John Maybe Papa. Run he around when the like... hook brings you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. dude, really? The big, the, the big dude so, that had yeah, that. Yeah, he's big. That yep. bar, I used yep. to deliver Harmonica. a guy. I used to deliver oxygen to a guy nearby that bar. That uh, yep. Yep. Yeah, Papa used to be in there all the time. He, he, yeah, he used to be in there. I never saw him, you know, in there during like an open mic night. But I know he used I to be there. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, he used to have a place like um, not too far from me, like where I live now, like right down the street. And I think he sold that a couple of years ago. At least that's the word, you know. Okay. But I don't know if he's still in the area or not. But he was here for a long time, is you know. He... He'd go and jam with guys. Yeah. Is he the? Is he the? Most famous person ever from Quakertown, I guess. In my opinion, <laughs> I don't know. Probably, I don't yeah. know who else is from there, but he's, I mean, if you're better than John Papa, he's the yeah. he's like the John John Oates. Uh, John Oates is from Lansdale, <laughs> uh, from yeah, Holland Oates. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Oates, but yeah, so nice. Shout out right. Vladimir. Yeah, those, nice. Those two, Holland Oates. There are another two uh, incredible. Oh you know, pair of musicians. The best. So good. So, okay, nice. So let's keep it going. So you had, you're, you're drumming out, you're doing your yep. thing, right? You had to take a year off for Oshkid Slaughters. And then you, you're really getting the drums. You're hanging out in the band. You're doing your thing. We had another person on the show that was in the band in high school. And we talked about this where, you know, band kids, there's a, there's a stigma comes along with being in the band, Right. But I'll tell you what, they're band nerds. I, yeah, band nerds. From what I've heard, right, the band kids were having a good damn time, right? It's <laughs> like because I know oh, our yeah. our school, like the band was nationally ranked when we were there, right? Like yeah. I think they were a national champion when we were there. But yeah. they were like, dude, it's three hundred teenage horny kids plus the color guard. Like they're all jammed in on buses, going places. Things are gonna happen, right? You know. I don't know, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun that happens in the band. Yeah. Yeah. Band gets a bad rap, right? People try to hate on band, but band was low key a party. (laughs) Oh, band was a huge party. Yeah. Yeah. Band was going to have fun too. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's for sure. That's no myth. No, heck no. I bet you plus two, you had like the hot nerdy chicks. Oh my God. Anything better? (laughs) Forget about it. So, Okay. So nice. So you would end up graduating from Quakertown, right? You would go from there and then you would go to Kutztown University, right? Yeah. But to yeah, get in, 
Go, go, yeah, go, Golden, Bear, Golden Bears. Is that right? Yep. Kutztown Golden Bears, baby. That's right. <laughs> nice. So to even get into Kutztown, did, like, yeah. you, didn't you have to do something to get in there? Like, what yeah. happened? Yeah, I, I had to go to like a developmental summer program, which was good because my grades weren't the best in high school. And even in yeah. the even in the, the you know, in the senior yearbook where everybody talks about, you know, what they're going to do. You know, Jane Smith is going to go to Moravian to, su- to study uh, post-secondary education. She's going to be yeah. a teacher. And, yeah. you know, so-and-so is going to go to uh, University of Pennsylvania to study accounting. And, right, it, it says Chad Killupner would like to go to Kutztown, right? <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was like a wish, you know, it was like a wish, an aspiration, like yeah. even then, right? Yeah. So, but I did. So I went I, and I, I, I did this summer program and, and this thing that I went through only, I think it was one out of three kids that are in this program wind up graduating. So I was oh, one nice. of the fortunate ones, you know, so I went through it and I did that. And um, at the same time, I also marched drum corps uh, for the start of that summer nice. with the Reading Buccaneers. So that, that was cool, but I, I couldn't finish that se- season because I had to go to uh, uh, college, you know, and, and live there, you know, and, and attend class Monday through Friday, you know, What's and the- be there. So. What's the Reading Buccaneers? What's oh, the that? Reading Buccaneers is a is a drum and bugle corps. So nice. it's like uh, yeah, it's like it's like it's like band plus. You know, it's like hey. the, the like all the, the like the, the the good people from the band, you know, and stuff. They if horns, it's it's not woodwind instruments, so it's horns, bugles. No one likes brass. those woodwind guys anyway, yeah. right? Yeah, br- br- brass and drums, right? So that's like a more competitive type of circuit, and they travel yeah. all around and they compete against each other and all kind of stuff like that. So that. That was cool. Uh, and I wound yes. up and I, I was still involved in music and stuff, but I couldn't finish that season with the Reading Buccaneers. So I was in college and I, I made it through that summer program. And then I graduated and, uh, you know, through that I did decent, you know, in college. And then I was uh, part of this uh, Chi Alpha Epsilon National Honor Society. That uh-huh. was four kids, you know, for well, one of the criteria were kids that were in this program and other kids that maybe, you know, uh, didn't do the best previously, but got it figured out, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I was, I was able, I was able to do that and, and yeah. graduate and major in business. And I found that. So yeah. that was a saving grace. Yeah. Comeback player of the year award, right? Like Comeback I, player. Yeah. Yeah. Comeback yeah. player of the year, maybe. Yeah. A little Drew Brees action. Love it. Yeah, nice. That's right. That's Real, right. Quick question about the band, right? So yeah. th- this is what I want to ask. So yeah. if you go on a job site, right? Yeah. Like for construction, You'll ask the carpenter, you'll ask the electrician, you'll ask the mason, you'll ask all those guys who runs the site, and they all say, oh, the electricians run the site. Oh, no. And then the carpenter's going to say, oh, no, the carpenters run the site. And then the mason's like, oh, no, the masons run this site over here. And then the plumbers are like, (laughs) we run this site, right? So as far as band goes, right, who's the, you know, who's the, the, the BSD in the band? Oh, you know the answer to that. Is it the drums? The drum line. Oh, the drum line. The drums yeah. are just letting it. They hang hold it out. together. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they, they, they hold it together. That's the crew. Yeah. You know, that's the drum line. There's the band, and then there's the drum line. That, the yeah. drum line has their own. The drum line has their own awards at the nice. end of the competition. You know, nice. that's drum. I mean, color guard does too, but that's for its own reasons. You know, right. and those are and but but you have the drum line is the glue. Nice. And but oh, yeah. then what's the adverse of that? Who's like the all right, clarinets, go take a walk or something, you know, like who's the who's the group that's just like, all right, hey, tubas, cool it. 
Yeah, the, the triangle. triangle. <laughs> now, listen, the tubas, the tubas, the tubas might be it. The tubas I got empathy for. I mean, they're carrying those big uh, metal yeah. apparatuses uh, all over. They're getting lugged down by those things. They only got they only got a couple notes at a time. Boom, 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 boom. Right. So I mean, that's like that's, that's like a whole different assault. thing. You need. Yeah, that. I'm telling you, they're they're earning their pay, which they ain't getting. You know, yeah. so. So it, it, it's good. Those tubas, the sousaphone, the sousaphone's the other giant monster, you know? Yeah. What What Those is guys. the deal? Like, I mean, the tuba, what is the appeal? Yeah. I don't it's like, dope. but like, I mean, yeah, look, yeah. I guess it looks. It's not true. for me, but I I appreciate the tuba, but, but I'm like, not. Yeah. Who's I'm not playing it. I'm not signing up to play the tuba, but there's, there's, <laughs> look, there's people in society. Who got to play the tuba? Somebody's got to play the tuba. Somebody's like, got to play the tuba. Dude, Just like but, somebody's got to play the little piccolo. Things this yeah, big, right? Yeah. They're playing little piccolo. Yeah. yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, like you hear Somebody's got to play the right field. Yeah. Somebody's got to play the line. Somebody's got to play the tuba. Hey, dude, the yeah. line is the, in the trenches, babe. All right? It's where the heavy lifting gets done. <laughs> the line doesn't get That's respect until you hit like, once you hit over 200 pounds, then you get respect oh, in the line. Oof. Yeah. Until, yeah, once yeah you're when you're when you're 160 football. playing right guard, it's because you're not good. <laughs> yeah, that's different. That's, that's different. Dude, <laughs> that's yeah. different. Dude, but uh, no, like, could you, I mean, like, but you know, like, you hear a violin solo, even a flute could crack out a solo every once in a while. Clarinet can throw something down and some jazz. But is there like a tuba solo? Like, you never because it's always like <laughs> rare, rare, you know. But yeah, yeah it's rare. It's hey. rare. Trombone, maybe. Trombone, maybe. Trumpet, definitely. Trumpet, yeah. you, you oh. hear trumpet solo. Sax. Um, is there sax? sax. In the, saxophones in the band? Yeah, yeah, there are. Jazz band, though, is where they'll get their day, you know, uh, usually. Yeah. You know, jazz, jazz. Yeah, uh, you got that John Coltrane style. Yeah, I mean, KG, you got that raspy. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Jazz, jazz is where uh, a lot of the saxophones will get their day. Yeah. But yeah, you know, so, sometimes during the outdoor uh, uh, season too, but mostly it's going to be brass instruments, the trumpets, the, the drum tuba. line. Yeah, so that's tuba. really the tuba's only time to shine. Is that you, you know? got to go after it? You got to get it while we get good. <laughs> yeah, nice. So, dude, I'll tell you this: I do love a beautiful violin solo. I will fucking melt for a violin. Oh, it can make you cry if it's oh, done right. God, the violin just mwah. So, right. all right. So we're going, so you're at Kutztown, you're there, yep. you're living the life, you're, you know, you're comeback player of the year, killing it, everything like that. So when you're there, right, you, did you, what was your focus on as your major? So when I was, uh, when I first joined college, you know, and, and signed up, I mean, I was, the only thing I wanted to do was box, right? Yeah. So I, so I, I started, uh, my dad found Larry Holmes gym. <clears throat> Yeah, I started going to Larry Holmes gym my freshman year, the beginning of my freshman year in college. That was '96. Nice, and it's out yeah. there in Kutztown. No, yeah. It's well, East. no, uh, it's in Easton, right? So it's okay. like, okay. So I had my car out there. It was like a 50 minute drive, you know, each way. So what I would do is I would like drive to the gym like two or three days a week, you know, like during the semester. Yeah. I would go there. I would train. And then uh, coming home in the summer times and when I was off, I would like uh, I would work construction uh, for my brother as my first job. And then I would train every day and have like an amateur fight, you know, or two like, during you. the summertime. Yeah. Right. So so I did that through through my time through college. But I'll tell you, like um, wanting to box and give that a try and like, you know, taking that seriously, it kind of 
reformed my whole life and priorities, you know, yeah. so I did better in school. You know, like I, I went to class. Yeah. I made sure I do those things, you know, that, you know, to, to um, give it a good go, let's say. Right. Yeah. So I made up my mind to do that then. And I'm glad I did because it changed a lot of things, you know, with myself, how I thought, oh, you know, and thousands. what I was able to accomplish. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that, that was a benefit, you know, that was a blessing. Right. Dude, um, I, I yeah, thousand percent. Yeah. I was in a I was in a bad place, and I randomly ran into Matt. I boxed with him for a year, and it yep. changed my shit around. Changed <laughs> yeah. his life. Tell you deceivingly yeah. fast, this guy Justin. All right, I like, do want to do jujitsu. I will get there. Well, I just find yeah. a day in a week, but I I haven't wrestled sober in fifteen years. <laughs> I haven't ever really wrestled other than my brother, who was a damn good wrestler. But yeah, no, just wrestled him my whole childhood. Justin is deceivingly fast. When we would train, so Henzer Gracie's used to have two locations, right? They had yeah. the location that you know that you've been to. And then they had a second location that was in Norristown, right? That's and it was, it, yeah, and it was a split location because Rich, this guy, he had Taekwondo there. So they did Taekwondo and then they, I would teach a boxing class there, right? And like, we had like a good crowd, you know, like we built it up and like, it was really just like stations and like maybe like eight people yeah. would show up and I just beat the piss out of them for a while and, you know, I'll just smack the shit out of me. But I, no, I would, but I would I, never keep my hands up. I would do this. Keep thing. your hands up. Keep and your hands so up. Long hey, man. Figure that out. You got it. Hey, you keep your hands up. Keep you your hands I, up. I always <laughs> warn people. I would tell them, like, look, I if you don't do it, I'm going to learn you real quick. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So it happens. People get it. But we used to do this thing where I had a drill. It was a drill where like you would have to run up and back. Like, so we're on the mat. You'd have to run up and back is one, right? And let's say it's like 40 yards, right? One way. So you're running like 80 yards, right? Or eh, maybe, but you'd have to run up and back is one. You'd have to do that six times in a minute. And if you didn't get it, you'd have to do it again, right? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. bro. But like the only one that could keep pace with me at the time. And I was like, fight, like I was having like six fights a year at the time, like, in camp right and like justin was the one that was like i'm like what i'd be like what the fuck is this guy doing here but yeah <laughs> stay right there with you oh, dude sometimes he would even beat me he was he's just deceiving deceptively fast this guy but yeah no just you dude it would change your life and i'll tell you this and we've said this on the show there's a saying about wrestling is that wrestling is training for the rest of your life right and boxing is very much in the same category because after yeah. you do boxing training and things like that, you realize like, oh, my homework, oh, this fucking class, oh, whatever. It, it just isn't that difficult in comparison to yeah. something you've already been through. The other thing like yeah, is so training. I didn't box for yeah. years. And then when I was sitting on the couch for a year feeling like shit about myself, I just went out. Actually, I didn't even go out. I got my girlfriend to buy me a jump rope. And then I yep. started in the backyard, jump rope it to the point where there's a, a patch of grass now missing in my backyard. Love and it, it takes a day, like like the first day, because I do it without shoes on. So yep. you start yep. whacking your toes and you're like, yep. I used to be good at that. And then 15 minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> it comes yeah. back. That's right. and you're like, oh, I got this. It comes back. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. You still yeah. jumping rope? No, I haven't done it in like two months now. And mm -hmm. I'm going to sit here the rest of the night thinking about I should jump rope tomorrow. <laughs> Justin, come on to the gym. Come come on to the gym. We'll take care of you. I'll get my ass up My mom yeah. is right down the street. I can stay there. Yeah. Dude, That's right. It's, it's the best, man. It'll change your life. You can't, but like, 
you know, there's no, I mean, you can still party and stuff, but it really just cuts back. Like it just makes you focus on like, cause you get competitive with yourself and, and it's a healthy competitive. That's right? how, so I, I, I smoke cigarettes. I smoke, I'll smoke anything you hand me. So like I yeah. get in that same mode where I start exercising and I start smoking less and less. And then right. I find myself making better habits, making better choices. Yeah. Yep. I'd some the little decisions get better, right? The, the little decisions easy. get easier because you get in that path, yeah. and you start thinking, you start noticing how your body feels, and you start to do things that make you feel better, right? Or yeah. or let you you do less things that make you feel worse that you know you're going to suffer for yeah. later or the next day, right? Uh, it's, you sit around, yeah. you can smoke a pack of cigarettes if you don't do anything all day. But if I if I go to the gym for an hour, that's an hour I'm not smoking, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, it's it's you know. It all yeah. boils down to if yeah. I'm filling my time with better things, I don't miss it. Plus, That's dude, right. man, like you're not drinking the night before a hard training session, or if yeah. you do, you're you're a fucking bozo. You pay for it. <laughs> oh, you pay for yeah, it. You're gonna time. feel it, oh, right? Yeah. You're gonna feel it the next. You're gonna feel it the next day. That's yeah, for don't... sure. You're gonna feel your wind. Your muscles mm-hmm. are gonna be more fatigued, right? You're just yeah. gonna. You're just gonna feel that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing yeah. worse than like. When you like, say you have a guy like you dominate usually, and like you beat, and then like you partied the night before and come back in, and he's mopping the floor with you. <laughs> you know, you're like, God, just give me a break, guy. Come on. But yeah, that shit happens. But uh, all right, so let's keep it moving. So you would take like when you're at Kutztown, you're in, you're majoring in business. You would take a finance yeah. course, right? Yeah. Where you would have this, you know, this professor, he dropped this philosophy on you that really kind of stuck with you. Can you kind of talk about that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I didn't really know what I wanted to major in until I took business courses and I was intimidated by all this stuff. Like I had sure. no idea about investments, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, so, anything like that. You know, no it was all foreign. It was all foreign to me. It wasn't conversation at the dinner table. My parents didn't really know about it, you know? So yeah. So I took this course in personal finance and my professor, Dr. Kramer, you know, he taught us this dollar a day lesson. And he said that if all of us started saving as little as a dollar a day from the time we were in that classroom at 20 years old, roughly, right? And we did that consistently without fail. So no matter what came up, you kept doing that and you didn't touch it. So if you're, you needed to buy a car, your car broke down, you needed to fix it, you didn't touch it. If you needed to get married, if something came up and you know you needed, you needed to buy a house, any type of major expense, right? You just didn't, this was off limits. You saved for that elsewhere. Yeah. And you just kept going with this, uh, re- regardless of what else was happening, if you were able to, by the time you would retire, you'd retire a millionaire, right? A million bucks. And I thought like, my gosh, like re- first I didn't believe it. It's like, really? Like, what do you mean? Right. I don't know any millionaires and like $30 a month, $50, a hundred dollars a month. Right. Most people can afford that. I thought, you know, yeah. like most people, if like they, they really prioritize and they really watched where their money was going and what they were spending on and how much they, if they managed it a little bit, most people could save that amount, you know? And it was just like a, it was a time value money, like calculation. And he used like, um, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, like a, like a, a stock fund, like an index fund, you know, just something that's available to anybody that would want to invest, you know, anybody, right. It's there. It's not for the exclusive piece. It's not for quote unquote, just rich people. It's not for, it's for you. It's for yeah. me. Right. Yeah. You could do that. And I just thought, my goodness, well, why don't more people know about this? 
you know, and, and why aren't there more people that can kind of retire, you know, and, and, and think about that and, and, yeah. and reach that. And to me, it wasn't about being rich. It wasn't about being a millionaire or anything like that. It was that you have it in your power to be kind of financially independent. Like everybody, most people have that within their realm, you know, if yeah. they start early enough and, and keep disciplined to do that. So that got me interested in personal finance and investments and, you know, uh, pursuing a career in that area and financial services as a, you know, financial professional, financial advisor, consultant, you know, things like that. So yeah. that really changed my, uh, uh, my perspective on, on a lot of things. And yeah, you know, now I, I'm still in touch with, with, uh, my professor, you know, we still, uh, communicate and do some things. And he's like, yeah, Chad, he's like, and I told him this story. I'm like, you know, Dr. Crane, like, this is the way, the reason I, you know, do like the, I, I chose the path I did was largely because of that lesson and you, you know, and I, I told him how much that meant to me. And he said, yeah, Chad, he's like, I still uh, teach that lesson. He's like, now it's a $3 a day lesson, <laughs> you know, different times, different returns yeah. he uses, you know, and things yeah. like that. But even so, the, the like the the point's still there. You know, call it a hundred dollars a month. Let's say, you know, yeah. a lot of people could do that, or a hundred dollars a paycheck, even. You know, over time, and if you get a little increase, you put a little bit more away. You yeah. know, or a little bit more, and over time, you know, you can you start building that up, and you know, you can have options, right? You have options, financial options that are out there. So mm -hmm. that was just mind blowing to me. You know, and then the more I learned about that subject, the more interested I was in it. You know, and decided to pursue, uh, you know, a career in that area. Man, that's great. Now, honestly, that's a great teacher. Like the amount of people he's yeah. influenced, and like that's something that like that. That's what makes the world a better place. Things like that, and that's awesome. Honestly, and I think we talked about this during the pre-show. Is that I like would have loved to have a finance class when I was coming yeah. up, like in high school. And I know that they're doing that now, and it's really more geared towards like kids that are athletes and and things like that to be like, hey just get your finances ready. You know, if you go to the league or whatever, you don't want to be shit out of luck because, you know, it's your, you don't know what to do with your money. Right. And I'm kind of happy right. that they're doing that. That's something I would have freaking loved to have available, but you know, absolutely is what for it is. everybody. Yeah. Right. Like for everybody, it should, it should be a staple, you know, yeah. because everybody has to deal with that. Like yeah. regardless of what your opinions are about money, whether it's the best thing ever or the root of all evil, you know, like you need it to live, yeah. you know, and you needed to buy the things that you, that you need to live and you needed to, you know, live the life that you want and support yeah. the life that you want, I guess is a better way to say it, Plus you know? Dude, so yeah. you got kids, like if you have people that are dependent on you, i.e. your children, right. Or your spouse or whatever it is, or your, you know, your significant other, like you need, like, you need to know, like, this is something that you're going to have to be knowledgeable of and it's better to know and not get screwed down the line. You know what I mean? That's right. So, and, and it's intimidating for a lot of people uh, too. I know it was intimidating for me because there's so much out there and, yes. you know, so many, and, and one thing I've learned is there is no magic bullet, right? There is no magic formula. Like the, there is, it's, it's, there's not a, a get rich quick, you know, uh, scheme that works yeah, reliably. Absolutely right? not. You yeah. know, but, but slow and steady can win the race, you know, hey. and, 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 and that's, that's the good strategy. And it's something that's within all of our grasps. Did you take him up on that saving the dollar a day since then? Did you do it? I've been saving for retirement since I, since I've been working. Yep. Shut the yeah. hell up. Yeah. Damn, yeah. Good on yeah. you, man. 
Yeah, well, the first thing I did was was uh, you know start was open my retirement account, you know, open yeah. an IRA, open a four hundred one k, and yeah. you know just start putting something in there, you oh, know, and then dude, four hundred one k, best thing. I used to I used to talk to my mother. Well, I discussed it with my family at some time about financial responsibility, and then my mother explained to me that no one in our family has made it past the age of fifty five. Yeah, she's like you can save for whatever you'd like to save for but just know that nobody's made it past 55 my My mother has actually broken the record at 56 but she does have uh, a bad heart and it won't be very long (laughs) great but she broke the record (laughs) my uh my uncle bill is actually the first male in the recorded history of my family to go past the age of 60 and he's still kicking really Yep, and he's a fan of the show, listener of the show, Uncle Bill. Attaboy. Love to have you on the show. Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill. Vietnam vet, Uncle Bill, right? And he's one of yeah. these guys that the, the place he works at, he started unloading trucks on the docks at the place he worked at, and now he's the vice president of the company. So God bless you, Uncle Bill. This goes That's to show, awesome. Uncle Bill, fucking, he's the, he's the man, too. I fucking love Uncle Bill. So shout out, fan of the show, listener of the show. So, okay. Yeah. So let's keep it moving. So let's get into some jobs, right? Yep. So, and did you start, so your brother, right? Your brother's a number of years older than you, right? Yeah. He's eight years older than me. Eight years older. So he's been the coolest dude in town your whole life, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like, that's pretty awesome. Like, I mean, me and my brother were, were almost like Irish twins, right? But- where and for those listening that don't know, Irish twins are children that are born nine months apart because Irish people procreate like rabbits. I know, super racist. Get off my back. But either way, me and my brother are almost Irish twins, and so we're really close in age, and we are really close. But your brother, being eight years older than you, he like like when me and my brother were coming up, we fought like freaking cats and dogs all the freaking time. But if your brother's eight years older than you, yeah, there's like some competitive stuff. But he's more like you're looking up to him and. And, you know, everything he says, you just think he's cool and you're always doing the things he does and all that stuff. What was that like, like having a brother that much older than you? Well, it was great. I mean, he played football and wrestled and he was strong and, you know, he had friends like I I mean, he was my hero, you know, like uh, still is, you know, in in so many ways. And like I, uh, uh, you know, we we I don't know if we fought. I lost. <laughs> yeah, it's very one-sided. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, very one-sided when yeah. your brother's eight years older than you. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it, it's, um, you know, to have, he had my back, right? You know, and that was so neat, you know, to see. And then to see him, like, go, he, he was actually the first one in our family to go to college. Uh, he actually dropped out his senior year to start his business, which he still, you know, has up and running today. Right. Oh, so wow. I, I was the first one that graduated from college out of my like immediate family, you know? Nice. Um, so, but you know, it, it was, it was just that whole, that whole thing of watching him, you know, start something, believe in something, go after it, you know, accomplish things as a student athlete and go on to be a business owner and, all of those types of things, like I learned, you know, so much uh, from him and still do uh, to, to, to be, to have that in my life was like very formative, you know, yeah. very, very formative. And awesome. I'm, I'm appreciative of that. It's incredible. It's absolutely yeah, that's, incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. You have such a great role model. Did you yeah. have something like that, Justin? Cause like no, no, we've no, said, um, you're one of 30. Yeah. I have three older brothers, but they're all animals. 
So, yeah. you know, yeah. I learned nothing other than how to stay out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be a good lesson, too. That, that's a very good lesson. I mean, they're all now, like, you know, close to decent members of society. But for the most yeah. part, like, I mean, I know every, like, I have very many street lessons, but I don't yeah. know how to open a business or save for my 401k. Right. Yeah. That's stuff you yeah. can learn coming back. Those things we hard. can learn, too. Yeah. yeah. The street knowledge is really important and under, underestimated a lot of times. Too, yeah, I, I, you, I can get you an unlicensed uh, gun if you'd like. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not the opinion of the Working Perspectives podcast. Of course, we're LLC. So, uh, but no, uh, your older brother actually runs his own business. Uh, Dave, yeah. we shouted him out earlier. Oh, yeah, Dave. he does. Yeah, I worked with him this morning. I mean, yeah, yeah he's a respect. He is. So if you're Irish twins, he's my stepbrother, but we're three months apart. Right. So my... Yep. His his father married my mother. If it wasn't for our friendship, uh, odds yeah. are my my parents wouldn't still be together. But um, we get along quite well. With the same age, yeah. he runs a landscaping business, hardscaping. Yeah. Put it in a patio That's today. Great. Yeah, he awesome. uh, we will shout you know shout him out. He's a fan of the show, listener to the show, Tremble Landscaping. Uh, shout him out. Great work, great follow on on all social media platforms. Dave Billet, great dude, fan of the show, listener to the show. So. All right, so let's keep moving. So, like you said, your brother has a construction company. So, yep. was that your first like real job, like working yeah. for him? So, how old were you when you started working there? I mean, eighteen. You know, yeah. so that that was my first real job. And, and you're and, just like the 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 site gopher, right? Like, you're oh the, yeah, I'm the, yeah, I'm the scrapper. They, yeah. scrapper scrapper matt they call him yeah, a scrapper yeah. the guy <laughs> the guy that you send to the job site to just do whatever needs to be done. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? uh, yeah. So like there, there was one, like, you know, like one of the times I knew we were doing a, a, uh, a shopping center down uh, past Montgomeryville okay. and like one of the walls was built in the wrong spot. Right. Ooh. So concrete block. Right. So that was a mess up. I mean, that cost yeah. the money, you know, and everything, yeah. but they had to knock down like a huge, a uh, huge building, like the whole concrete wall. Yeah. So there was a pile, you know, I, I mean, it had to be 20 feet high, you know, of like, uh, busted up cinder blocks you know uh, concrete yeah you know and you, you know you got to move it from there to the dumpster that's on the other side of the site right uh, and you know and it's like, oh well, do you have do you have like okay is there like wheelbarrows no you know, jump jump you got yeah. these yeah right? you know? yeah these so are your wheelbarrows yeah this is this is it. okay so so good so so you have that so that that was one job but it was like oh. you know different things like you know right away it's like okay well like this is like yeah. you know eight hours of it. like, it's going to take a couple days just to move through that pile you know oh, yeah. yeah and then you got another job and another job and another job so like that was a lot of that that was good hard work and then you get in and you get with some of the carpenters and you learn some of the other things about framing and you know yeah. drywalling and stuff yeah. like that so you, yeah. you actually see something come together you know and yeah. that was it was interesting too to see the dynamics of you know, you're talking about the plumbers, the concrete guys, you know, the, the drive with the carpenters and drywallers, the oh, ceiling yeah. and painting, you know, and to see how that whole dynamic, I mean, that's a, that's a whole nother thing, you know, to see how that works in real time, in real life, that was a learning experience as well, you know, oh, I bet. And, and then I, oh yeah, no, yeah. Keep going. And, then, and then I, and then I got to a point, um, I guess two or three summers in, I started uh, delivering uh, supplies to jobs. Like I drove the truck, you know, oh. so I would drive the truck and that was kind of cool. You know, I listened to Howard Stern and you know, <laughs> Classic Rock and on, on MMR and things like that. And I'd have a, 
uh, load it up with ceiling tiles and drywall and go from dry job site to job site and be nice. able to deliver it, you know, and unload it and talk to the guys and stuff. So that was a, that was a bit of a different experience, you know, uh, there too. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting, you know, it was hard work. I, I, I appreciated learning everything about, you know, how that business operates. Right. But I also knew that I, that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life too. So that was another good learning experience. Oh dude. Hell yeah. Plus two, man. That's yeah. That like we said, and I think we said it in the pre-show, it's like you learned like what you didn't want to do, but you, but you were taught a skill. You, you got some hard work ethic in carrying those cinder blocks, gave you some heavy hands that I can attest to or there, you know, like it's uh no, it was dude, that's a great place to learn and work and also see like what hard work is because they, those guys can work. Like, I was, I've said this before on the show and I didn't know about this office life before I'm like, I'm still relatively, I've only been working in an office for five years. Right. Okay. So yep. I'm relatively new to the office scene, office politics, something I really didn't know about. Right. Like, you know, all these things, but when, uh, <laughs> so when I got to like, you know, I'm in the office doing these things. I didn't know what PTO was found out what that was absolutely incredible. Right. Uh-huh. right. But then also like if you're working at a job site, right. If you're working at a job site or you're working at uh, like, you know, at, at, you know, like a plumber, electrician, or like, even like if you're a bartender or waiting tables or whatever it is, right. You, every day you go to work, you know, you're working, right. There's no like, Oh God, I'm just going to do nothing today or I'm not going to do shit. Yeah. When, when you work in an office and I don't do this, this is just what I've been told. But there's some people, believe it or not, that will go into an office and say, like, I ain't doing shit today, right? I'm just going to fuck on my phone all day. You know what I mean? Or And, like, I'm just going to be a jerk on my phone and do nothing, right? So, uh-huh. I, you know, not me. And I know you guys wouldn't do that either. But, the like, if I, you're – Yeah, there's no doing that in yeah. construction. Go ahead, Justin. I had, the previous job before, I had an office job where the – as you find, the higher you move up in the office – this is the first office job I had. The higher you move up, the less you're monitored – Got to a point where I had my own office, and once I had my own office, I would bring my PlayStation in. It would be in the bottom drawer of my desk. I would connect it to my computer monitor, which had no sound, but you could connect Sony headphones to your PlayStation, and I would put them on my lap on full volume, which would be just loud enough that I could hear it. I could keep my hands down. I could play PlayStation on my desk, on my computer monitor. People would come into my office, and I could everything would be on my lap. I could I could take a full conversation with somebody, tell them what to do, and then, and then continue playing Metal Gear Solid Five at the <laughs> bottom of my desk. Yeah, I all figured out that he's just oh. yeah, I was looking yeah, here, I had a basketball net on the back of my door, and I was uh-huh. smudging the walls. And the cleaning staff sent an extra bill to like my boss. Like we had to fucking clean the walls, you know? And he's like, he calls me. He's like, what is this wall cleaning bill in your office? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I get smudgy. You know, the drivers come in here. They lean against the wall, you know? Did you ever just, did you ever like lock the door and be like, I'm not open for business today? Oh, so, I mean, that's where it started. Where I took it goes much I, I mean, I obviously, I took it to like three hour lunches. Yeah. Yeah. It goes from there. I started golf. I saw that was in Delaware County. I started golfing like the local golf course in my name. Like, oh, man. And, and why? Uh, why did you leave that job? I didn't. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. They sent so all of a sudden one day they sent somebody to, to monitor the warehouse. He's like, I monitor the warehouse. And he was like, Well, I'm gonna help. I was like, mm, they figured out I don't do anything all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, you got a new job now and you love it. Yeah. That's right. Nice. So okay, so let's keep it moving. So all right, so you're doing construction, and I'll tell you, you learn a lot. You're working with you're working with grown ass people at these yeah. job sites. Like yeah. you're working with real men and women at these places, and you're learning yeah. stuff. But you would go from there to kind of like the same role you're like, well, the same industry you're in now, right? And yeah. so, wh- where, like, how did you get your start? What were you doing at first? And then let's go up the line from there. So, what did you? What was your entry level position at? Yeah. So after I graduated from college, I was looking to, I, I knew I wanted to help people with finances. Yeah. Right? So I started applying for jobs as a financial advisor uh, and I got a job with a company in Allentown as a financial advisor who's that's no longer there. Okay. And that was a good experience. I mean, I was there for about a year um, okay. and uh, before I joined the company I'm at now, but okay. I was there, I was there for a year and that was good because one, you had to like a lot of your experience is based on your manager, the guy or gal who runs the place, you know, and what they focus on and how they want you to help people. Do they want you to just sell the latest thing that's going to give them the highest payout or that they want you to, you know, like really learn what's important to somebody and do the right thing and create a a plan to help them get to where they want to go. Yeah. So I was fortunate. Yes. Yeah. So I was fortunate that I had a boss that wanted us to help people, you know, and he, and he taught us to help people and how we do that in that industry, you know, so that was really formative for me. And it taught me that, you know, focusing on what's important to the person across the table from you, your client is the most important thing, right? It's not important. What's going to pay that you or what you have to do or what's no, none of that's not important. Like that's the output. What's important is how you help people achieve their goals and objectives, you know? So that was cool. And I, I went and, you know, like a lot of your uh, business they, is tapping your natural market, your friends and family, right? So yeah. I wasn't so keen on just, hey, I graduated from college, you know, now I'm a financial advisor, <laughs> give me every job you ever worked for, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there was a little bit of that, but, you know, I went out to Main Street, Quakertown, going business to business, you know, meeting people and telling, like, I grew up in the area, I'm from the area, I want to, I'm, I'm staying here, I want to help, and well, let me learn about you and what's important, and if there's a way that I can help, let me, let me know, right? Yeah. So, I did a lot of that, and you did some business there, but it was really good through that, through the local chamber of commerce I joined, you know, Upper Bucks, right? So, just... Yeah. Being a young guy, meeting these different people, seeing how business, you know, got done at the small business level, yeah. you know, was 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 a, an awesome kind of, you know, experience for me because it opened my mind, you know, and opened my perspective to how work's done and businesses are run in the real world, yeah. right? Yeah. And on the small scale too, right? In your backyard, right? Yeah. Where, where I live. Gave you so, a great working uh, perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, great working perspective. I love that. Exactly. Throw great it working in there. perspective. Yeah. No. So, yeah, keep going. Yeah, so so I so I did that, and then um, I got an opportunity um, where a friend of mine worked for the company where I'm at, and uh, asked me if I was still interested there. I said yeah, and nice. you know I got my resume to him. Had an interview the week later, nice. and a job offer the week after that. You know, so nice. I've been there. I've been I've been in different roles there for a bunch of years, for almost twenty years now. So. Yeah. 
probably 10 different roles going from entry level up to, you know, more senior positions. So, so two things, one, we had a guest on the show last week who does something similar as like a financial advisor, but he even stated, he's like his focus, he's not Wolf of Wall Streeting and he's not like trying to be Johnny hot nuts with the stock market and all that gimmick. His whole thing is that he wants to help people with their 401k, with their retirement, you know, like help them like, so they don't have to bust their ass till they're 80. Right. Like, you know, we had a guest on the show that aired today whose grandmom's 90 and still works every day. You know what I mean? Like that poor old lady. Right. Like, like, you know, like you think about that and I know right away you're thinking to yourself like, God, I just love to help her. You know what I mean? Like, but it is, you know, everyone's situation is different and things like that. And I understand. But, you know, the fact that like, because if you like finance is one of those things that I think at least it does have like a bad rap. Right. Yeah. And it has a bad rap because of the Wolf of Wall Street guys and because of like big business screws the little man and all this stuff. Right. But there is people generally out there that want to help small businesses that want to help people with their retirement and their 401k and that want to help like, you know, like people stuff get like, you know, people get taken care of for the long run. So they're not stuck when they're 70 working at at Best Buy and like hating their life. You know what I mean? So it's great. It's great to hear that you're doing that. And then two is when you're going from shop to shop, right? I bet that was more beneficial and educational in how to deal with people and like the actual like bones of what you're doing than anything else. Was that right? Absolutely. And that's most of what I do. I I think that's most of the, you know, especially, you know, finances. I mean, it's a touchy subject. A lot of people don't like talking about it. They're intimidated by it or fearful about it, you know, or they don't want to get, you know, screwed over or they want, they want a fair deal. You know what I mean? So everybody wants, everybody wants that. So a lot of it is, you know, um, relationship building, you know, it's getting to know people, you know, it's being real with them, you know, and being and straight talk, you know, and being honest, right. That's, that's what it's about. A lot of it's relationship management. And, you know, we say like, you, you, there's a lot of times when you're a, you're playing amateur psychologist, right. (laughs) You know, like dealing with people's goals and with what's important to them and their fears about money or about the what ifs, right. Because all that stuff comes up, you know, Uh. And, 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 you know, you're dealing with something that's really important and really personal. So that's something that, you know, good financial professionals, anybody worth their salt, they understand that they take that really seriously and and treat that with care. Do you have to sign an NDA when working with these people? Like a non-disclosure agreement and. No, or is well, it just kind it, of like an unspoken kind of like, look, I'm not going to discuss your finances with anybody kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's like that. It's like, part, like I, I don't act. I'm, I, I don't um, uh, serve as a financial advisor right now. Right, so right. I'm not doing those, those types of things, you know, having those yeah, yeah, conversations yeah. Per, personally with individuals, you know, yeah. but when you enter into a financial planning, like a, arrangement, you know, it's confidential and what you share with the financial advisor, you know, financial professional, you know, is between you and that person. Right. Yeah. So th- those are very, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like you're talking to a medical professional or something that's between you and the, and the medical uh, practitioner, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's your personal situation and they're providing a diagnosis and, you know, different solutions, right. Different remedies, you know, to help yeah. you. 
So it's kind of it's similar, you know, needs analysis, you know, talking about what's important. There's a diagnosis, a plan on an action plan on how we get from here to there successfully. And then there's a plan to, of implementation of monitoring. And it's all part of a, you know, a, 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 a thing that's that's not just a win. It's not, just, hey, invest in this and you're going to you know, make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, if I would say if that, that's the, if that's what you're hearing in your first meeting then see it yeah just just time out you know time yeah. to just take a take a breather yeah would you say like in these situations right and you've been around this game for a long time would you say that honesty is the best policy is more like is more you know fruitful or is you know the cr- cash grab like you know not giving them the full deal more like would you say those guys are more successful or the honesty is the best policy is more successful honesty is always the best policy always it's the only it's the only solution that works agreed right agreed. Uh, in the long term like yeah. the other can work in the short you might have a good year right but you're gonna you're gonna crash and burn can't, right? yeah. you can't over promise and under deliver no oh. that's a recipe for disaster everybody amen. knows that amen right amen in sales a lot of people figure it out but you can't over promise under deliver yeah you gotta you gotta find people's problems and then give them solutions to them you can't come to them with yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're you're absolutely right i would yeah i 100 agree i think too like i mean gosh finance it is touchy right it's touchy. like you're it's, dealing, and it's serious you yeah know? yeah it's scary it's like you're saying it is scary Right. And like you're putting your trust in someone else's hands. So like you really like for you then as someone like and you're not doing this now, but back then, if you're a financial advisor, word of mouth is everything. Right. Like that's really your advertising is word of mouth. Like we have, uh, you know, former guests of the show, now co-host of the weekend pop in and sometimes co-host on the Working Perspectives podcast, Steve Strongstem Cabot. He is a, he works, he owns Glendale Automotive. Shout out Glendale Automotive. Um, but he, he tells us like the, the biggest selling point they have is that they're honest, right? Yeah. And it's, and honest, it's not, you know, it's not as like the auto, like, you know, your car isn't as maybe as important as your financial, like your financials, but it's up there as like, you know, it's things you don't really- understand that you have to give to somebody else and be yes. like, look, I don't know if you're yes. going to fuck me or burn me yeah you know what i mean like i don't know yeah you could tell me that this costs five thousand dollars i go okay (laughs) (laughs) right i go cool yeah right and five thousand is a lot of money like for most people it's their second biggest financial asset if they own a home it's their home second to that it's their car you know it's it's big yeah and dude and it's like like i mean man you know and there and the thing that sucks is that there are those scoundrels out there that do take advantage of people. And there is a bad yeah. rap that you do have to overcome. But I do think like you see like the, like Steve shop's been around for freaking decades. Right. Yeah. So like yep. honesty is the best policy, right? Yeah. Like these Always get is. rich quick grabs and like, you know, these selling these under, you know, under delivering and over prom- If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If they will change your brakes for $49, problem. you're probably going to get shitty brakes. Oh, dude. Amen. Uh, dude. I, yeah. So, okay. So you started there financial advisor. How did you move up the ranks there? Like, where did you go? Cause it, it seems like there's a ton of different roles that are kind of available in that sphere. Is that right? 
Yeah. So once I got to the company, you know, where I'm at now, I, um, I started, you know, just talking to other people who had 401ks, you know, yeah. like across the country, you know, and learned a lot about what was important to them, how they used it, you know, and things like that. So mm-hmm. that was a very good learning experience and talking to the, just the breadth of people, different backgrounds, different yeah. industries, different yeah. positions in the companies. You really got a sense for, you know, how, what's important to different folks financially, especially yeah. when it came to how they think about retirement, you know? Yeah. And uh, then there were different jobs there. I worked with uh, individual clients in like sales and uh, retirement type of specialty roles. So, you know, not outbound, you know, like where I'm calling out trying to find my own clients, but people who would, you know, who we'd work with that are looking for help. And we try to find them the best solution and, you know, help them with that process and, you know, provide them some guidance or advice, you know, on how to invest their retirement money. Yeah. So yeah. I had roles like that. Then I was in management for a number of years. So I led a team, you know, first All of right. you know, 10 people, right. 10, 10 people or so. And then I was yeah. the manager of the team leader. So then the Man, the team leaders that had the, you know, 10 people on their team, they reported to me. So I had about 60 people or so under me. Then I was the, then I was the the boss of the managers, you know, so I had like the couple managers, we each had 10 team leaders, you know, in different areas of of the company and uh, yeah, yeah. So 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 I I liked a lot about management, you know, my different leadership roles. And I loved, my, my favorite thing about it was really help seeing people flourish, you know, yeah. seeing somebody find their thing, you know, cause there's a bunch of stuff that you deal with in a corporate environment and a new oh. job. And, you know, you mentioned the politics. I mean, that's a piece of it, you know, yeah. then there's the job responsibilities, it's technology, the expectations, yeah. how things yeah. move on a year to year basis, new goals, yeah. new, new people coming in, you know, there's a lot, you know, but when you found, when, when you work with somebody to figure out what's important to them, you know, similar to like the financial piece, but more on a personal level when it comes to their career, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, figuring out what makes them tick, what they're good at and what inspires them and then helping them find, you know, options and solutions to kind of maximize that, like put yourself yeah. in a position where you're doing those things that you're best at and you like the most more often you're yeah. going to have better results. And then they, they go on to achieve great things and get that next promotion or that next, you know, that next job somewhere in that dream area that they were looking at, or even if it's just an uncertain next step, they want to take a risk on, you know, yeah. it's like seeing people challenge themselves that way and going for it. That was the coolest thing I liked about, you know, working as a manager, you know, yeah. as a boss and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, the one thing that they don't say about managers, especially in an office setting, you're also a part-time shrink, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Do, so, so many and people oh, are coming to you with like, like you're just at points, you're a ventilation system because everyone's coming to vent. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this guy's yep. Sally's talking about Mark and Mark's crapping on Gary and dude, it's just like, this person hates this person. And you're just like, Hey, we're just trying to plug holes in the ship here, guys. Like, let's just all eyes forward here. You know what I mean? Like, dude, that's just to me. I don't know. I, I mean, it's so, I, uh, it's so much. I walked into a corporate takeover of an, of a old company who hadn't changed their ways. And I now was in charge of a span of 12 women spanning from 40 to 78. and and so i had to deal with the infighting between them Uh, one woman who only knew how to use a typewriter 
and uh, like they like they would have yeah. burned me yeah. at the stake if i fired her so yeah. like yeah. i had to deal with that i had to deal yeah. with them yeah uh, you have to deal with everything, right? Uh, I, I'm telling you, that, that's the thing. That's what you're right. That's there's what no they cups don't in the, tell you about. They, yeah. they walk in your office like, there's no cups in the break room. And I'm like, okay, do, do you not have cups at home? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's your fault. Just scoop your it fault. The, scoop it at the faucet. Leave me alone. Yeah. No, dude, you're – I had a buddy of mine, um, and he's a fan of the show, listening to the show. I won't say his name, but he's, you know, he's a noodle. But either way, he had told me like he's he's in a managerial role where he's at. And he had told me he's like, look, there's you know, there's people that like he's like the best employee in his mind isn't the guy who does the most work because that guy often is the guy that also complains the most. Right. Like you might be the best worker, but you might also complain the most or crap on other people that because you're pissed that they're not at the same level as you are and you hold everyone to the same level as what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. He's like, the best one is the guy that comes in. He does the amount that we ask him to do. He, he comes in, he lock, clocks in, does his job while he's here, and then he clocks out and he goes home and that's it. And he, he needs very much like he's letting me know when he's taking PTO and like he's just doing his job and not bothering me. Reliably. Like, yep. The best employees money can buy. He doesn't have to be a rock star. He doesn't have to be killing it with numbers or doing whatever. He just does what I ask and goes home. That's yep. the best That's employee. The right. And in my mind, yep. I'm like, oh, wow, I've been kind of a jerk then you know what i mean <laughs> i'm like maybe i've done some rock star stuff but i've done some other stuff too that i'm like oh god but yeah so okay so you were in like a high level managerial role right like that's crazy that's like you know or and well okay so then where so you're still there now right is that where the role you're in now so so you weren't you weren't you're in a high level managerial role so i have people in my office that are in roles that you're in. That's incredible. I would love, I would love to wrestle jujitsu or box some of the people. Bring them in the gym, Matt. Oh, I love Bring them in. We'll do some kind of contest. Oh. We'll, do, we'll do some kind of event. We had, uh, we had uh, re- previously on the show, we had assistant vice president of the company that I'm working at. His name is Chris Mastroli on the show. Great dude. Awesome dude. He's not what I'm thinking of. But there's a couple of like higher level people on the show or on at my office that I'm like, if you came into jujitsu, like I, well, it'd be a good day for old Uncle Maddie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but no, like I, you know, it's just it is cool though to see like. But the, I think one of the reasons why you are so successful, one, you're a great dude, you're personable, you're helpful, you're like very sound mentally, morally, spiritually, right? Like you're a good person, you instill confidence in people, right? Like, and like, and you still like, you instill confidence in people about like how you'll treat them and how you'll behave. You're fair, you're kind, like you're not out to get anyone, you're here to help people, right? But like, you know, you're also like, like you're, you know, like you're, you're not going to take any shit either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think like, do, were you always that way? Or like, did you see like your kind of self slipping, but now with like the way you've been training and everything like that, has it really changed you as more of like a force now? Right. Of like, no, like yeah. you're, you're really making moves and, and making growth in like personal work, everything. Would you say like, 
that that's been what's going on at the gym thus far? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for the nice words. First of all, hey, of course, but, man, you we know, can smell I our say, own brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, I, so yeah, so I, I mean, I've always, I've always tried to, you know, treat people the way that I would want to be treated, you know, yeah. with, you know, trying to lend the best part of me out to them at first, you know, and, and introduce the best of me, you know, to them. So that way, hopefully they'll do the same to me, right? Yeah. Like in return, right? Yeah. And I just think that works better. That's a better formula for life, I think, based on my experience, you yeah. know, but um, but at the same time, you know, like when I had, when I was boxing and stuff, it was a good outlet to get that aggressive, you know, you know, part out and, you know, that swagger part, you know, like there's, yeah. there's part of that. That's like, uh, you know, it's, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and yeah. And there's that piece where, you know, I don't know, like so to get beat up, you know, like drained, you know, like very tired, you know, you're sore, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're working. There's something good about that. Right. Yeah. Like it, it develops you. Wow. So, you know, so like, in the tank every day. Yeah. Emptying the tank. Yeah. There's yeah. something to it. Yeah. You know, so I think, I think like as my working career, like my professional career built up, you know, I, I lost some of that outlet. Right. Yeah. And I lost some of that physical outlet and I lost some, I lost a healthy way to release that aggressive energy, you know? And what that did for me then, well, is like, I got fat, lazy, addicted, like different things, like behavior that wasn't very healthy for me overall. Right. Yeah. You know, so, and that's where, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking in the mirror then in my late thirties, you know, well over 300 pounds, you know, thinking yeah. like not feeling good in constant pain, yeah. right. Not having the energy that I want hitting the wall every day at like two, three o'clock in Ugh. the afternoon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just, just like, and, and thinking, okay, there's a better way. There's got to be a better way here. So then that gets me motivated a little bit. And now that I've been training, you know, jujitsu, and now that I've gotten myself in better physical shape, I'm more flexible. I'm stronger. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm more limber. I have more energy, right? Yeah. All of that stuff, more yeah. vitality, just yeah. more of me, yeah. more of me in every way. You yeah. Know? yeah. It's like, it's coming out. Well, thick fit USA is one of them, right? Ideas getting out there, yeah. you know, doing things with my kids, going to all the baseball games, yeah. cheering them on with the stuff they're in there, you know, doing stuff around the house more so, right. Yeah. Than, I, than I did before when I was on the couch in pain, right. Yeah. That's yeah. meaningful. So yeah. like all of this stuff, it's making me, you know, more of me and a big piece of that, I think, is to be able to bring that monster out again. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, Jordan Peterson, who I, I read, you know, and, and listen to, he, he talks about like, you, you don't want to be just, you know, meek and mild and take orders and do and just be nice. He's like, no, no, no. You want to be a monster, an absolute monster. And then yeah. you want to harness that and use it for good. Yeah. Right. But that means, you know, being able to to, to stand up for what you believe in, not yeah. in an arrogant, you know, or like it's my way or the highway type of way, you yeah. know, but saying what you believe to be true and, you know, following through with action for stuff yeah. that you think is right, you know, and yeah. that you, and that, you know, is you too. Yeah. Right? That's another, that's another piece of it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, I found that again, right? Like right. I found that again in these past couple of years going to Henzo's. You know, yeah. and meeting guys like Rich and Jordan and you and like and all the guys down there. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like it 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 it, it it's like a uh, it's like a spin cycle, but in a positive way. You know, like yeah. it gets these group together, and then you kind of 
learn from each other and you feed off each other's energy and you support each other. And then that, yeah. I mean, that's a good thing. That's nothing but goodness. Right. Agreed. So Agreed. that's kind of, that has changed me. It's changed me in a good way. Dude, I'll tell you plus two, man, when you're laying on the couch and you're in pain and you're living the life like a slug, like you don't want to go out and you're like embarrassed because of how you look and like, you're all like, you're insecure. Right. But now like you have this new way of living and like, you're you're experiencing life now and like you're going out and enjoying life and you have kids right like your kids deserve that you know what i mean when i was a kid right my dad got really sick when i was nine he had his first stroke right and he was like got ultra sick and then he would get sicker and sicker down the year so he couldn't like go to places and do things and when he would try he would have like a seizure and it was a whole thing right but before that he was always like at every game he was always at like every wrestling match and he was involved with the coaches and, and, and the training and everything. And it was the fucking best man. Yeah. Right. And I think about that and I think about like how I want to be able to do that for my daughter, you know, like I want to be there and support her and coach her teams and like do all that kind of stuff. Cause like it is the best for the kids. Like they might be like whatever about it now, but when they think about it later, they're going to absolutely cherish it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like before, when you're not like you're not involved as much now, you and your boys, you're all over the map. You're doing everything and you're going on adventures and experiencing all this stuff. And the fact that you were like mentally strong enough to know, like, get off your ass, get back in the gym. Like it started with the walking, it started everything, but change your life, get back in the gym, do your thing. And now you've not just changed your life. You've changed lives of all the people that you work with underneath you and, and work with you and, and next to you and above you and everything like that. You've changed lives with all the people you come in contact with. But most of all, your family's lives have completely turned around. Right. Yeah. So like, that's just the best thing ever, man. And I'm fuck, I'm so happy for you. And I'm so proud that you could do that, dude. And it's honestly like, that's one of the benefits of working at the gym. I've been there for 14 years. And one of the best things about it is you get to see people like you and people turn their life around by coming to the gym, training and training and adapting to the culture. And I know like Rogan, Rogan is a huge advocate of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And it's because of the culture that it builds and what it instills in people and how like it makes people like you're a person that makes the world a better place just by like the what you believe and and like how you act and how you carry yourself and how you treat others. Right. And that all stems from your time. Like you were, you know, you weren't a bad person before, but I'm saying now, like you're impacting everyone you're with. And it's, you know, and it's an incredible thing to see. And I'm freaking happy for you, man. And this is, you know, your transformation has been incredible. I would love, hey, if you got some before and after shots, I'll throw them on the show. Like, dude, I would love yeah. that. Oh, how great would that be to have some? I do. Before? Yeah. Oh, dude, send them to me because I'll put them on the video and it'll be. We'll clip the hell out of it. That'd be awesome. But dude, I'll tell you another thing. How special of a guy is Rich? Dude. Oh, incredible. He is. I'll tell you, man. Incredible. He, he's like, uh, I fuck. I love the hell out of that dude, man. He's been nothing but the best to me. I can't thank him enough for everything. He's just the best dude there is. But incredible. Yeah. I mean, he and and the way he does such a good job at keeping the right element there and the yes. wrong element out. Yes. Right. Yeah, the, the bullies, the tough guys, you know, that, that kind don't of last. stuff. It doesn't fly there. It doesn't no. fly, you no. know, and he does a really good job. But, but there's dangerous guys there. Like there's real legit, you know, yeah. martial artists, you know, and oh, real yeah. dangerous guys. But but they're but they're good. 
Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really neat to see rich when I first go. So I went to watch a few classes first. I, I took my boys uh-huh. and we said, we'll, we'll just go watch, you know, let's yeah. just go watch. Let's yeah. check it out. Let's, let's see what you think. If you want to try a class and we can. So we went and we watched and I talked to Jordan and Jordan encouraged me. He's like, hey, I think you can do this. He's like, <laughs> Jordan, you know, Jordan actually. Yeah, Jordan's, he's, listen, he's all back. He's there taping his fingers, Matt. He's taping oh, his yeah. fingers, but, Back by the desk, like looking at me, you know. I'm like, this guy. I'm like, uh, this guy. I'm like, this guy is kind of special. Like, I yeah. can, I can see this, you know. Yeah. So, um, so like he's looking. I'm like, I was gonna, hey, I want to take my boys here, and he's like, oh, he's like, good. He's like, yeah, have them come. Like, we had classes on Saturdays, kids class at ten, <laughs> you can come. And and I said, good. And he, and like, well, what about what about you? I'm like, why? Well, I, I don't know. Like, I I thought about it, you know, but. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm in my 40s. Like yeah. I'm in my 40s. I'm like oh, I have a I have a bad back. You know, I'm I'm overweight. Like he's like, why don't you come in here and try it? He's like the average. He's like you know Jordan Hell, He's cool. Oh, yeah. he's bro. Like, he's like, Listen, Matt. He's like the average age here is like 35. He's like you'd fit right in. You know. <laughs> so like he encouraged me a little bit. Yeah. Right? He encouraged me. So so I came and then I did. I did it my first class. And yeah. I got through it. I thought I was going to be broken in half, you know, but I got my first class and yeah. I came to talk to Rich. I said, Rich, you know, I think, I think I can do that. We're going to sign up, you know, so we go to sign up and he's telling me about, Hey, welcome. Welcome. He gets me some like shirts, you know, the Henzo. Garden. Oh yeah. The merch, baby. I got so much merch. merch. It's coming out my ears, man. I got I love, he brings, years ago. Oh, it's the best. I bet you got classics, right? You got oh. the classic, the OG merch. So, He's, he so would he, give us the gift. He would get uh, every year. He used to give us uh, our Christmas gift. He would give us custom made jackets, bro. Uh-huh. I, I honestly, if anything ever happened to these jackets, I would kill somebody because they are like, jackets. oh, dude. Ooh. And like, when I, oh, when I wear them to the gym, everyone's like, bro, where did you What's get that? I was like, it's What's one of five, that? brother. You got to earn <laughs> this thing. Exclusive. You know? oh, exclusive. The, oh, yeah, the best. So sorry. <laughs> Keep going. So like you're getting the merch and he's and he's so getting the merch and everything. Yeah. 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 So he's like, what what size? You know, I go, well, double extra large, you know. And he's like, and he goes, Well, look, he's like, I, I have extra large. He's like, I could order you double extra large, you know, and, and we, we could get that. I'll probably come in a couple weeks. He says, or you can have the extra large today and I'll have you fitting in it in six months. You know, and he said it like that, kind of. Right? He said it like that. And I and I look at this guy. And I was like, re- I thought, like, really? Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, you like, shitting me? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. you're going to say that and you're going to have me. I've never, listen, I haven't worn an extra large since I was 16 years old. Right? Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and you're going to have me fitting in an extra large in six months? Yeah. Game on. Yeah. Game on. I'll take yeah. the extra large. Right. Yeah. I'll take the extra large. Fuck yeah. And, and like, what do you know? I'm wearing an extra large yeah. for the first time, yeah. like ever in my adult life. Dude, right? not that yeah. that's the goal. And I didn't even go. I didn't even go out with a goal really to lose weight, like in particular. Yeah. But you know, I did, and Dude. I got in the best shape I've been oh. in probably since maybe in my whole life. Dude, and it's and it's and honestly, one of the things I tell people about coming to the gym, right? It's like, how many times can you fucking lift weights and run on a treadmill and an elliptical, whatever? And we have all that shit available if you want to yeah. do that. But when you go to the gym, either if it's boxing or Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or wrestling or grappling or whatever, 
dude, it is forever evolving, forever evolving. You're learning new stuff all the time. There's right? no bottom to it. No, you always and, learn. And you're always learning and you're always, every time you go there, you're growing every time. There's no other gym like that that you can go to where every time you go to, you go there, you're getting better every time, right? Every time. There's nothing else like it. And it's an, honestly, it's incredible. And dude, what you're saying about like, so I, I we're, we had Padilla on the show and me were him and talking about it. And me and Josh talked about it too. Went Josh Lawler, Josh Lawler episode available now on all podcast platforms yep. and YouTube. Same with the Mike Padilla episode available now on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Work Inspectors Podcast. But either way, we're talking about when you get people that come in, there's some dudes that need to get, we call it, we, they got to get checked, right? Yep, Where it's like the, the, everyone, you, you have to do it because like when you, and it's not even like you're, you're doing it to be the alpha male, you're doing it because you have to protect the other people there. And that's part of your right. job as like an instructor. Cause there's guys that'll come in and, you know, maybe they've had a little juice, maybe they're in muscle on top of muscle or they're on testosterone or whatever. And they think they're Johnny Hyde nuts. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. And like, there's been time that they come in and those dudes, they get humbled real quick because there's like if if and it could be dude it could be a guy that's been there for years if and like you know whatever if anybody that's a higher skill level tries to take it out on a guy lower skill level they're done and like yeah. the shark starts circling right then and like i'll do there's been times where like i wasn't even gonna spar like i'm just there as an instructor and i saw someone doing that and you just throw the gloves on right away and you have to do it and it has to be like a lesson that you teach people Right, where it's like, yep. dude, it has you got like I'll tell him like, look, yep. brother, there's always a bigger fish. I don't you you do that shit again, you're out of here and you're not coming back. And that's an but even bigger threat than like getting beaten up is like not being allowed to come back because it does become part of people's identity, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's and there's one of two things that usually happens after something like that, you know, like one is you never hear from them again, or yeah. they they run, or two is the they dedicated. come back. Yeah, they're 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 dedicated, and they come back with a newfound respect. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and that's a good sign, yeah. right? But, but it, happens guys. Other, it happens the other way too, don't it? Oh, dude, there's so many guys that are like they'll yeah. be in there, and like they're they're the ones that say they're coming. Like you know, they're not coming back when they say, "Oh, I'll be back." You know, yeah. like yeah. I'm doing this now. This is my life, right? Fuck, yeah. never yeah. see yeah. him again. Yeah, right? yeah. you yeah. know, go on. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. So before we get out of here, we're coming to the top of time. Before we got out of here, I wanted, and I know we didn't talk about like how you're, you know, you're still treaching drumline and things like that and everything, but I yeah. wanted to give a shout out to Thick Fit again, right? Yeah. Dude, the mission is real. The life is real. You're leveling up you. You're leveling up your family. I know we've talked about it a bunch, but it's going to be available in the description. We're going to have a link to everything. It's Thick Fit USA on Instagram, right? And right. what other platforms are you on? We're on Instagram right now, but we're in the midst of developing uh, a plan for YouTube. We're going to launch a website. We want to sell some T-shirts or merch nice. and different Get stuff. Get your merch know, later game on. up, baby. Yeah, so, so but, but right now, but you know, we're not putting the cart before the horse. Right now, I want to try different things. I'm learning the technology. I want to see what people like. You know, so uh, if you out. want some help, bro, I'll tell you and and like, you know, we'll keep this in. But it, you should if you get a TikTok, the way you set it up is that if you post on TikTok, then it posts the same video on your Instagram as you're posting it on TikTok. 
All right, I got to set it up that way. Dude, it's I got to so, set it up that way. So, and, and then, on, it's yeah. on TikTok too. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be on t- I'm telling you, it's where it's honestly it's where like I think but as of now, our our TikTok channel with like all our views combined, I've easily had over a hundred thousand. Right. Wow, that's awesome. But like yeah. and like, you know, one video hit like 70. So it's like yeah. mostly mostly the one, but still like making thirty thousand out of the rest, you know. And like yeah. the, the dude, the thing is is like I'll make it's a I've I've learned I've listened to this guy, and you know, people listening can bite off of this as they want, it just helps. But I, I was listening to this guy who's an Instagram influencer, right? And like he said that his what his plan was, he wanted to post one reel, at least one reel every day for a month. And he yep. did that and he gained over 100,000 followers in that month, right? Wow. So yeah. that like I've been trying, honestly, I've been trying that. And like the way I'll do it is I'll post on TikTok, I'll post on it uh instagram reels right then you take that same video that's on tiktok and instagram reels and that could be a youtube short right which is like the the tiktok of youtube right and that's the same thing you throw that on there and it's a quick one minute scroll right and like then once you do that right like connect them all oh dude exactly and it's the same video on every platform right but it's like you have to think let's say like you get a thousand on tiktok right that's and like i put our brand on every video so it says working perspectives podcast on every video right yeah then that's a thousand people that saw it there then you go to like okay i put out a chain of videos yesterday it was like a five video series right and i looked at it today right and it was over three thousand views combined with all videos right wow. so that's yeah. like out of just those two like just those videos that's like four thousand there then you throw it on youtube maybe you hit it on there for a couple hundred right yep. so like and that's all different things then you can throw that on twitter another few people see it there you throw it on facebook another few people there so that's one video you throw on all these platforms right so you're getting thousands of views and it does suck like I mean, honestly, it's the hardest part of the game is the social media, in my opinion. It's the hardest part yeah. of the game, right? But, like, once you get a rhythm down and learn it and, like, dude, just Google, like, the best times of day to post on Instagram. It's, like, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., whatever, right? Yep, and just fucking too. do – yeah, like, just do that and, like, you'll be – like, dude, I'm just telling you. I'll help you out with that, man. Be more than happy cool. to do it and we'll promote all that shit. We'll have links to everything – by the time this airs, you're gonna have a YouTube, you're gonna have a TikTok, you're gonna have a fucking. I, I need a fa- I don't have Facebook on it either. Do I need a Facebook or do you not use Facebook? No, uh, no you, you, Facebook do, you, do you have a personal Facebook? I have a personal Facebook account. So this is what you'll do, right? Keep post everything on your personal Facebook. You should like you need like so because once you do the All YouTube. My post my thick fit stuff on on the oh, my personal Facebook. Dude, face Facebook is one of the most like I know it's for the older crowd now. Whatever, it's not the cool hip thing. But millions and millions of people, billions of people are on there still. So yeah, you're, you're right. going to get people that see it that like you don't know is still on there and like they'll catch it. I know people don't go on there a lot every day, but they'll still catch it. Right. And like people view it. But like the big thing is you want to put your YouTube link on there because everyone has YouTube. Right. Not everyone has yeah. Instagram, but everyone has YouTube. Yeah. Not right? everybody has Instagram. That's what I'm finding. Right. Yeah. So like if you have your TikTok video, you can pe- keep that on TikTok, maybe tweet it. Your Instagram, you can keep it on Instagram, maybe tweet it, whatever. But your YouTube video, your YouTube video can go on Instagram. Like your YouTube video could go on Instagram, but you wouldn't need it to. But your YouTube video can go on Facebook. But then what you want to do is under your private account, you want to create a page for ThickFit, right? And when under, you my post, pri- under my personal account. Yes, under your personal Facebook account, 
you're going to create a page on Facebook and it'll be your thick fit USA page, right? You can yep. invite everyone to the page. So when you post on that, it goes out to everyone as like a message going out. Right. Oh, nice. so, yeah. yeah, exactly. So like you'll post on there and like, you know, you'll see everyone will see it, whatever. And, and it can reach out to people. Also, they have, like you saw it, like you see, like you can boost the post for like 40 bucks. I've done that. It's not worth the fucking money. No, no. Okay. I mean, what I mean, yeah. I've never like I've done it where like they say, here's pay 40 bucks and you can you can this post can be viewed by 9000 people. I paid the 40 bucks and it got like 400 people looked at it. I'm like, I'm not paying 40 bucks yeah. for 400, bub. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like you get me a 10 yeah. grander, I'll pay 40 bucks every right. time, you know? Right. Right. But, <laughs> exactly. right. but no, like, but it, you know, there's ways you can boost and things like that. But like, that's yeah. what, like, you just got to cross platform one video. And like, dude, I'm telling you, minute clips is the way to go. Even short. Yeah right minute max and then like when i don't like you know just put like they have links on everything like dude you should do a youtube page with your content you got great shit because it because like then on youtube maybe you can make it a longer video right yeah that's, like, that's my problem i go too long with a lot of it you know i dude, go I, yeah dude, but like that honestly that's better right so if you have a five minute video that's five clips and i'm telling you this right now if people see a number one right they're, they see like, hey, this is blah, 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 part one. They're getting like, they want to get to the uh, end, right? Yeah, if you yeah, get them yeah. hooked, they're like, oh, I'm going to see this. I'm going to see this. I'm going to see this. Tell you, when I do like a series, that's one of our more views. Like yesterday, the one that got almost 3,000 views, that was a five-part series about me uh, sneaking on the uh, girl's roof with a ladder in the middle of the night and going <laughs> into her room. You know what I, I mean? Know, I know. <laughs> like, yeah. And the story was good, but it was just like, you know, so I'm telling you, like those short little quick ones, that'll get you yeah. some stuff. But like, you know, to yeah. get monetized and everything, I really want to get into the merch game. That's what I need. Yeah. Like, I really need to start investing time into that. But we really went off on a tangent there. Before we get out of here, I want to shout out what you're doing on Thick Fit USA. Love what you're doing. Love the the mission you're on and, and the entrepreneurship and everything like that. I think it's fucking incredible, man. And I'm so proud of you. So, like, dude, uh, I had no idea you were the fucking boss of all bosses, the capo de capri of the financial world here. So, I, don't know, you know, I don't know about the bosses of all bosses. I well, help, I help advisors and business owners set up retirement plans now. Yeah, you're the boss of a bunch of bosses, but, <laughs> dude, no. So, dude, so that's awesome. And I'm, I can't tell you how great it's been to watch your transformation and where you've gone. It's been incredible, man, and you're a great dude. And honestly, just typical pink that you came on the show. And I know we're coming to the top of time. Like I said, Thick Fit USA, the links will be in the description of this episode. Highly suggest checking it out. Really great inspirational stuff. I want to get some, like, that's another thing you should do. That should be your first video is your transformation video. Yeah. Right? That, you need to be working on that. Like, that's a million views, babe, you're looking at right there. That's a, and like, you put that transformation on all platforms, right? You're hitting on every one of them. Those are massive 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 popularity but either way so yep. love we're gonna have a link for that in, a, in the description of this episode please check it out really good stuff we're coming at the top of time chat before we get out of here is there anything yes. you want to say to the legions of your adoring fans before we take off <laughs> adoring fans first thank you matt this was a lot of fun i appreciate oh, it brother thank you um I would say that please, you know, check out Thick Fit USA. Let me know what you think. Comment yeah. on it. You know, send me a message. Let me know. I want to 
really have a community of like-minded people here who are focused on getting better. We're going to focus on the body, the mind, the spirit, the whole ball yeah. of wax. Positive. And it's about getting healthy, getting confident, getting strong and getting dangerous, but using it for good. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. If that sounds good to you, come check it out. And I'd love to hear your ideas, Great but follow. go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Cause you can do it and you deserve it. Go get yeah. it. Damn that's right. my message. Damn right, brother. Hey, you're living proof of that brother. Get after it and you can get it. Amen. Jalen Doug, right. anything you want to say to the to the end of Faithful before we take off? I already sent my uh, follow request to Thick Fit USA. Hey, like, all right. Oh, look at that. Hey, hey, I might get off my couch tomorrow, go for a walk, maybe, maybe drag my Maybe hit the road. Come on. You're the guy. Yeah, hit the hey, road. You're, you're a thick fitter too, man. Welcome yeah, to the club. Right. There's room on the bus. Come join us. Come join us. <laughs> I might get there. Always room for the thick fitters. Nice. I like it. I That's exactly right. Like yeah, dude. This was honestly, I was, I I was so, yeah, This I knew this was going to be a good fucking show when we were coming into it but you fucking nailed it chad this was fucking awesome so this has been another episode of the working perspectives podcast i'm matt lavelle accompanied by justin richardson and our guest today was chad kill hefner from thick fit usa you can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can hang out with us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. And I'll tell you, it's tough being this great while my wife's beating, my, beating me over my head for doing this damn show. So just like and subscribe so she stops killing me with this stuff. This has been the Working Perspectives Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See you. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.